Yeah, here we go, guys. We are live on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. Welcome to Happy Hour uh, with Smoker Builder here on uh, Friday night. We're getting ready to interview my buddy, Aaron Voigt, and uh, we're going to have a lot of fun tonight. So be paying attention here. If you're on YouTube, check in real quick, hit the chat, tell me you're here. If you're on Facebook, one of the Facebook pages or groups, I'm super excited that you're here also, people jumping in. Um, now, with no further ado, I'm going to bring my bro Aaron on. You ready, Aaron? Let's do it. Damn, here we go. Hey, hey, what's happening? We are live, dude. Hey, where'd you get that yes, sexy hat? <laughs> yeah, this guy in Missouri gave it to me. That guy, freaking guy in Missouri. So uh, yeah. what this is, everybody, this is uh, the very, very first – uh, happy hour live multicast broadcast on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, all over the freaking place. I'm excited to do this. We're going to have some fun. We're going to pop some tops. You drinking there? Looks like a dose Equis. Yeah, I didn't have time to chase down some fancy IPAs. So I ran over to Walgreens and kept it real with some dose Equis. <laughs> I did, however, have a lime on hand and some salt. So oh, there you we'll go. just go ahead and take care of that. Is, and give one that up to Frank and the crew at Smoker Builder. Cheers, everybody. On this week. It is happy hour Friday night in, in Missouri. It's an hour before where Aaron's at. It's probably two hours before ever, where everybody else is at. <laughs> so, True. Anyway, well, we're glad you're here, Frank. guys. You too, man. So here's kind of what the rundown is, guys. So we're just going to go until we're sick of it, right? And you're welcome to come and go or whatever you want to do. We're going to be live. I'm going to I'm gonna upload this thing uh, for real everywhere it goes. And I want to start by introducing my guest here. Check this out. You're going to gonna blow your mind here and watch this. Bam! Oh. What? Wow, That's Mr. That. Voigt, guys. That's his profile on uh, close. Instagram. Pretty close. At Mr. Voigt. Huh? <laughs> Your beard's longer. <laughs> it's a little more gray. You don't have a fedora on. That's but, true. But uh, anyway, yeah. So this is Mr. Voigt. Check out his profile on the old Instagram there. Um, that it's a uh, super cool. He's a super cool dude. He does a lot of cool stuff. So tell us kind of how you got into building cookers, Aaron. Oh man. Well, uh, I didn't. You know, my well, mom's building from Texas, in general, but, for that matter. You know, my my fam my. My family's out here from Arizona, so uh, my, you know, dad did chicken in the backyard, and and uh, it was just fire and flame and and uh, protein, and we all loved it on Sundays. And as I moved out and went away, uh, so did all that. So I had to get up to speed and bring that chicken back on Sundays, and and then that just meant like making grill. I had to make my own grill, and then that just started escalating, and then. I'm like, man, well, if I'm making my grill, then I can certainly make a smoker. So I just decided to take on the task and figure it out. And, uh, well, That's you know awesome. how that goes. Oh, yeah. So so you <laughs> did you learn to weld from your dad? Yeah, I'm a welder's son. I didn't I didn't really have a chance. Yeah. You know, uh, I got pictures <laughs> of my, my dad and I with drills, you know, way back in the day. And uh, it's just something that was inside of him. And and he never had a shop growing up. So we had one at our house and uh, we just used it. We were out there all the time. I was helping my dad with stuff. And, you know, whenever he needed yeah. hands, that was it. So, yeah, I, I was combing through your profile earlier today. Your dad was a hell of a dude, man. 
He's oh, he, uh, he's looking at those welding. pictures he's of you growing up. And he's, he's still <laughs> welding today. And he's a certified so, welding instructor, I believe, too, isn't he? Well, uh, my dad's a trip. So my dad worked for the state of Arizona on the military base still, right? And years ago, mm-hmm. they don't have anything currently going on, but years ago they had a workforce there from the prison inmates. And they were just going there and they would they would take care of whatever the base needed from janitorial to landscaping. And uh, over time, these guys were obviously around this welding shop that my dad was was working at. My dad does signage there, uh, fencing, gates, railings, all, you know, gun uh, gun cases, just whatever they need that the, the armories need throughout the state. His team will go out. Well, these inmates were in there and uh, they were just doing their jobs, watching the welding. And he had a couple helpers on hand. And with his own money, he started getting them coupons and teaching them positions <laughs> and he started yeah. getting them. Uh, he brought in an instructor and they, he got them uh, certified. And I think he did over 32 guys over the, like six years. No funding from Gosh. anybody but my dad. So, you know, oh, man, that's just, awesome. It's important to him. So, you know, you call me up, you're like, hey, I'm getting the school together. And I'm like, I already know this. Yeah, I know this round. So <laughs> it just yeah, made man, sense. That's awesome. Yeah, I'll participate. I'm down. Yeah, yeah. So one of the one of the things like from day one, the first time we hung out together, if you remember, we were sitting there eating breakfast. Uh, I don't even remember what we were eating, a big old freaking omelet at the tater patch or something. And um, anyway, when we were sitting there, you had this sketchbook that you brought out and, you know, you got all these ideas and stuff like that. Tell me a little <laughs> bit about your book, because it freaking rocked my mind. I was changed after that. Well, it's a. Uh... So, you know, when you, when you, when you have all that stuff going on, you know, it's hard to just keep it upstairs or, you know, start on a plan and draw it all the way out to the last bolt. It just doesn't happen. So I'll just kind of get a concept together and then I'll get like three different versions of that. And I'll just keep refining things down until they kind of look like, yeah, that's kind of what I'm thinking about. And even at that point, it's still just a conceptual drawing, but you've worked out a couple ideas, some scenarios. And then over time, you know, your drawings will get better and it'll help you uh, build for sure. Yeah. So, so that's when I learned the thing about you. Like when you have this eye that you can like, like there's an old propane tank lid over here, you know, like the lid you flip up and there's always a bunch of wasps under it, you know, that one. So there's an old head over here and you look at that thing and you see something totally that no one else sees when you look at an object like that, like the head on that robot behind you, on your garage door back there, like check it out. What is that exactly? This is yeah. just, this is your grandpa's jerry can that was in his boat. This <laughs> pile of crap ended up at the, at the scrap yard. Nobody wanted it. And it's a great silhouette. You know, when you look at it, you're like, yeah, that's a gas can. And then you erase the part where you fill gas in it. And it had, now it's just like this vessel with a similar shape to a boot. So I'm like, Oh, it's a boot. Yeah. I can weld it. It'll stick. So I had some old crusty yeah. tanks, cleaned them out, and I just started looking at it like it was a shoe or a robot boot. <laughs> and that's where my sketchbook comes in. And I'm just like, yeah, no, this looks cheap, trying too hard. You know, you just constantly edit, 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 and then pick up elements of what you're thinking about. Like maybe there's a trim on Frankenstein's boot or, you know, there's there's a little button where the your heel would be or something. So if you incorporate that stuff, and it's already details that we know, like this hat I'm wearing. I can make this hat on a robot and maybe it's a funnel or something. But 
the funnel is tied in the Tin Man. So things are already similar to us. So I just kind of plug those in. And if the silhouette's close to the detail, I'll try to I'll try to make it play the part. So I'm I'm gonna show you here. This freaking uh, is awesome. That's all right, though. It's Instagram. Uh, anyway, if you're on Instagram and you can hear me, you might want to jump over to YouTube. It's a little better feed over there. Um, but anyway, I'm showing some screenshots and stuff like that over here. But uh, here's some of the cool stuff that Eric does. Like right here, this one here is old school right here, bro. Oh, no, that's the wrong one. Hang on. Uh, this one. That's the one I was talking about. Oh, so yeah. All right. That's you with that uh, seven-footer, you know. Like yeah. if you look at some of those things on there. I I can walk you through this and everyone will go, oh, yeah. oh. So it's not, you know, it's not rock and science. We're just kind of looking for similar shapes and kind of plugging them in where they go. So, yeah, this guy, uh, he's made from an old tuning cabinet. You see the graphics on there. And uh, his legs are made out of like a pallet rack that you'd see at your box store or uh, at a yard. So I just cut that down. So that's like uh, his legs are are there two pieces of channel come together, maybe four and a half by eight to 10 wide. It's a standard piece. So I just cut them. Then I put a little flat stop on the ends to kind of trim them out. And then they made nice stout legs and those bolt up to his torso to like his belt line. So, yeah, it's, you know, it's just so the... cool to see. <laughs> yeah. So on this particular piece, like the cabinet was so dominant, right? It's like this big cabinet. So, the first thing I'll do is start with that cabinet because it's going to demand the most real estate. So once I get that done, then I start kind of filling in the blanks and really uh, pay attention to scale of things. So I'll reference mm -hmm. old known robots or, you know, looks that I like, and then I'll make notes to reference of like their scale. Like where does his hands lay on in relation to his legs, you know, where, you know, mm -hmm. how big is are his shoulders or, you know, proportionate items. So, it really starts, if you start looking at parts like that, things will start falling into place and they almost kind of steer themselves. You know, it's kind of eerie sometimes. So, so what caught your, what, what about this kind of sculpture caught your attention? Like what, what made it feel right for you? Well, this one's a, a good example. Uh, that cabinet was like, just the graphics on it were so cool for me to reproduce that or to try to mimic that. I'm not a painter, so it'd, it'd be costly or someone would have to, you know, they're going to be costly as a talented hand. So I didn't, you know, that's, that's not in my wheelhouse sometimes when I'm making junk art, you know, I want to find things that are already ready to go or play the part. So this one came off and the graphics were so cool. And then I start thinking about like the era that this thing was made, you know, What's around yeah. that era? And it's not so much like from this point on or nothing from, you know, this point uh, before. It's mostly like, well, give me like 10 years and 10. And then, you know, somewhere in there, this thing was laying around the junkyard. I just happened to find it this far. But back then, you know, it was <laughs> that was prime stuff. People were after after that yeah. stuff. Yeah. And like the, yeah, super the cool, head man. on this. The head on this guy is a gas heater that would be up in the rafters in your shop. Like, it, you know, just blaring oh, out yeah. heat. So if you look close, every those are everywhere. And they're great mm -hmm. shapes. They got really nice rounded corners. Uh, a lot of a lot of times they're like pressed steel plates. You know, they're made on a huge press. So as I'm walking through the junkyard, you know, a flat 
piece of sheet that we would make a firebox out of or something is great. I mean, it's material just like that cardstock at Walgreens, but it doesn't have like this pressed uh, industrial uh, details to it that were just part of the time and part of its process. And all that stuff's lost. Like that's all the plastic that's out and all the, the junk, this and that, like this stuff was like solid. It was really made. A lot of this stuff has a duty, like the mechanics uh, are going to be in and out of that for traffic. So it's going to be built accordingly. That thing's a heater. So it has to withstand whatever heat it's putting out. So all these things have value to assembly, welding together, um, you know, being durable. I don't want, you know, it can look great, but if you come up and it's cutting your hand or it's like super sketchy, what's the point? You're, you're missing it. So these things are stout. I could take that thing and tip it all the way on its feet and it's not going to move. It'll just be one solid piece. Then I can unbolt it and that oh, thing yeah. would fit in our scion. So <laughs> That's awesome. yeah, you just, you know, yeah. you kind of just play all that things out and uh, you gotta, you gotta think ahead like, Oh shit, I made this really cool eight foot robot. But how am I going to move it? You know, so haul it. <laughs> yeah, that's a you serious know, I'm, problem. I'm thinking about the pool butler that you made, and I didn't, I didn't grab a picture of that. But uh, that pool butler was really freaking cool, and it unbolts and everything, so you can haul it in a smaller unit. What were I you suppose. talking about? My what? The pool butler. Pool pumper. The butler. The butler. Oh, the butler. Oh, yes, sir. Yeah. yeah okay. Yeah. So, yeah. Got. Sorry, I got you. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, is my audio okay? Well, I have you have your delay, so I'm listening to you from my Instagram oh. phone, and it's like, bah, 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 bah. oh, I'm okay. I'm trying Instagram. to, you know, trying to sequence the trip here. No, it's all right. So, so that kill that your Instagram. I did. Yeah. That, yeah, that butler I did. Turn it down. It's all the way down, Frank. Your computer. Oh, is it? Okay. It's all the way up as well, man. Yeah. Okay, Sorry. I got you. All right. You hear it on your end? <laughs> I, I hear you fine. Okay. All right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. He Butler, says, uh, I did. Western Blood says we're good, man. Okay. Cool. He says we're good. Thanks, dude. Isn't that cool? <laughs> yeah, I love it. I love the feedback for sure. Yeah, that, that butler I had, uh, I had a tall order for its duty. You know, it wasn't just something to look at. It it lived by a jacuzzi. Uh, it had to work to service the jacuzzi. And then it needed to spin around and entertain the yard when people weren't in the jacuzzi. So had to make like an ambidextrous torso that was, you know, I can unlink, rotate around and then link, you know, clock back in because the wind would, you know, get a hold of it. So, you know, as I built that, I made the shoes so they would look good from both sides. I generated that, you know, a a leg line where it wasn't kind of leaning like a walking position where if you were to turn around, it would look totally different. I just kept things kind of simple and uh, universal. So, yeah, I I ended up using spring-loaded keepers for like a big iron door at a house. So when you shut the door, you get to that last bit and you're like, click and it just clicks into place well i just used two of those on the torso and then i went and got a trailer spindle like right right up his middle right behind his belly and then that's what the thing spun on so you open the cabinets you tighten down the spindle nut that's locked and then the spring-loaded keepers ran in and in and out of like a a feed groove so you would turn them around you go click 
and then he's locked into place. <laughs> That's awesome. That took a little just bit of creativity. Just blows well, you know what mind, it is? It's man. just it's just like shit laying around the shop. So, you know, <laughs> oh, I just had a spindle from a tire carrier or, a, you know, a, a bad one off of a trailer. And you're looking at it and then. You know, then you have this, then you have that. Next thing you know, it's like, well, okay, let's let's try to incorporate all these mechanical pieces because they're they're totally functional. I just gotta morph them into whatever I'm doing. Yeah. Hey, you know, um, back in the day, guess what? I get to go hang out with my buddy Spearman. You remember Spearman, right? He's stationed back here in town now, and uh, I think he's. We're gonna hang out tomorrow and do something. But I was just thinking. You know, back in the day, we had the the Midmo Smoke Show. We was doing the radio show every Saturday morning for two hours. And uh, like the breaks and stuff like that, I was just looking up, out of habit, I just looked up at my closet where we were the break or whatever, right? Uh, like I, I was almost instinctively wanting to take a commercial break. <laughs> so I guess that's a sign or something, right? Because like, I'm going to turn this little thing on, check it out. Bam! We're going to talk oh. about that for a minute. All right. We got a ticker. It's going around, man. How cool is that? That's pretty awesome. (laughs) Guys, on on Instagram, I really encourage you to go over to YouTube because it's a lot of fun watching this thing. Uh, This stream yard is awesome. Anyway, so what I just did is I turned on the ticker on the bottom of the screen on on YouTube and Facebook that basically talks about the $4,000 welder giveaway that I'm running starting right now so i'm gonna put the link up here in a minute and i think joe's gonna pop it in that down there on instagram uh but anyway what we're doing is we're giving away a whole bunch of stuff as if i i love giving stuff away man there's just something about it and i love giving expensive stuff away so check it out here's what we got we're gonna do this here giveaway it's 30 oh man it's too low $3,970 worth of welding gear. We're giving away a welder that's made by Blue Demon. Um, It's the MSTI 200A. This one here. That's the big Grumman truck come with the giveaway? (laughs) I know, right? (laughs) So right behind behind me here is that welder. Um, I use it here in the shop. I really like it. It's a uh, Blue Demon MSTI, which means MIG, stick, and TIG. We'll do all three processes. Everything comes in the box. It's about $850 or so value. Um, anyway, oh, that's cool. I like the if color. You join, if you, yeah, it's blue, man. If you want to get into uh, welding, that's like the best one for you to get. I'm going to pop the uh, link up here. Where did I put that? Lisa did it a minute well, that ago. That multifunction so use is great. Oh, yeah, totally, dude. Um, I use it right here in the welding studio. But that link should be in the chat if you're on YouTube or Instagram, um, I think. If not, it should be. Yeah, there it is right there. sbmfg.net slash giveaway. Now, guys, I really appreciate your patience tonight because there's a whole lot happening behind the scenes here on this thing. It's my first time doing a live stream on four platforms at the same time, and I'm freaking excited about it. So uh, that doesn't sound like is, you. No, right? When have you ever <laughs> known me to go like extreme with anything? Right? We could just go live and talk about it, but then we could only True. tell one group of people. So if I go live everywhere, 
I could tell everybody in one shot, right? I'm give really, it to uh, him. Tell him. Give it to him. Let's go. <laughs> so, anyway, uh, Richard Wyatt just jumped in on YouTube. He actually won uh, second or third place in the last giveaway we did. Um, awesome. Anyway, if, you, if, you, uh, if you're in chat somewhere, I don't know, Lisa put it in the actual chat comment down there for me. She's watching behind the scenes. She's able to push buttons and things. Get on over to uh, sbmfg.net slash giveaway, and you can enter that contest. Anyway, there's buttons for freaking so much stuff here, guys. It's crazy. I'll put that back so up here in a little bit. You're going to start keeping uh, some retail stuff in your new place along with your school? I do. I do, actually. Uh, we're going to be stocking this welder um, up here because I don't, I don't know that uh, – I mean – there's a lot of dang welders out there, you know, um, and this machine right here is a really great machine for the DIY crowd. Guys that currently don't have a machine that are like really trying to figure out how to, uh, they're, they're really trying hard to uh, figure out like how to justify buying a welder. Yes, actually, somebody asked if it's open to Canadians. It is. You can, anybody in the world can enter. The welder cannot ship overseas unless I get permission from Brian at Blue Demon. But everything else you can win, right? Um, so anyway, it's a really good machine because, like, if a guy is on is trying to figure out what machine, like, do I want a MIG machine? Do I want a TIG machine? Do I want a stick machine? Do I want to run flux core? What This machine will do all of it. You don't have to, like, jack around picking a machine. And for the money, it's only, like, 100 and something dollars, and everything comes in the box, you know, that's, it's, it's that's just a really good. cool. Yeah. And uh, so anyway, we're giving one of them things away. I can't wait. Um, I want I want to give a shout out here real quick, guys, because this guy's really cool. Here, watch this here. Q. Okay. So yeah. this cat right here. Okay. So he, he is from South Carolina. And uh, his brother on YouTube is Raised BBQ, Raised BBQ. Uh, what's significant about that is Ray just built first that I know of, completely built in China, thousand gallon smoker for his restaurant down there. That's that's a big awesome. freaking deal to me. And he used our plans, of course. So it was a real honor to help with that. But go over to you, uh, over to uh, on YouTube, go to Raised BBQ sometime. And, uh, and you can see, like, that freaking awesome smoker he built. And uh, anyway, Q is his counterpart in the U.S., and Q went around and did the, did the barbecue tour and stuff, you know. And, and uh, uh, anyway, he's, he's really a great guy. So uh, anyway, let's talk about some other stuff here. What is your favorite project that you ever did? Oh, uh, man, there's, there's – uh... I think I did one for uh, I did some volunteer work for a, a local organization called Free Arts of Arizona, and they would do um, um, well. There's there's different facets of the of the organization, but they would have a charity auction yearly. And one year I did I took an old um, bladder from like a steam uh, a steam engine maybe for a house or a farm, and it was this large cast iron vessel. And I just kind of stood it up and I put some foliage in its head. And then I took uh, some uh, discs, plow discs, and I just cut them in half like the discos. And then I made a shoulder bust mm -hmm. and I rolled just a big shoulder bust out of there. 
and uh, I did like I called them bushel and a peck. So I uh, oh. <laughs> I auctioned that off, and and that was really rewarding because you know all that goes right back into the to the kids. So that's kind of like the best thing, yeah. you know. You can make something sweet, and that's awesome. But you know, when you're giving something back, and there's more to it than just that transaction, that's that's really rewarding. So I like those. And every year oh, I did a couple. Yeah. I did that, I like, think, three or four years in a row, and uh, they were just different every year. And that was really rewarding. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, for sure. So uh, I'm gonna, I got another picture here. I want you to tell me a little bit about. Okay. It. Um, let me see if I can find. Scared. him. I, I spent a bunch of time. Bam! Oh, okay. All right. So, uh, <laughs> all right. So this is like, uh, I told you I do things in threes, you know, so I did this, I did a similar guy, uh, to this, uh, prior to this one. And, uh, this is right before Christmas last year. And, um, I did a Western theme, like a route 66 guy that's similar to this. He didn't have the bubble on his head, but he had like a real frayed mustache that I took like an old ground cable and cut and frayed out. And uh, I gave him like a Route 66 belt buckle and I had the same uh, legs on him, which I was trying to like mimic like a highway lane, you know, that boop, that line in the center of the highway. So that's what I saw those details on his legs. So I was trying to make I made this cool Western one and uh, it, was, it got picked up by a couple of my good customers for Christmas. And then my niece called me. She's all, hey, I think I need a robot. I'm like, OK, you know, I make little banks. She goes just like the one you did. I'm like, oh, all right, you know, like pressure's on. So we go, but I want an astronaut and it's for my son and he's kind of rowdy. And I'm like, that little bastard is rowdy. So we got to make this thing tough. <laughs> so she's like, make it tough so he can't break it. I'm like, okay. So I did. So he's a, he's a fidgety guy. So if you look close on the shoulders on this thing, those are material bearings. So if you go right up and touch that thing, you immediately have something to spin and fidget on. So that'll take his hands off of places. And then I made larger hands and rounded out the corners and just everything on this was like soft. And, you know, so he just couldn't tear it apart or when it dropped, it just wouldn't like, you know, shatter away. So <laughs> you can't see on the base Dude, of that, but awesome. there's a three eighths plate uh, silhouette of Arizona that he's sitting on. And then that's welded on there. And not on this one because yeah. he's stout, but the, the Western Route 66 guy did. I gave him some like long uh, boots slash kind of rodeo flared pants or, or uh, chaps. And then he kind of did this when he pushed them. <laughs> he just kind of went back oh, and that's forth. awesome. Yeah, it was cool. So he just kind of waited oh for God. his ride. So this is like, yeah. you know, the third, fourth version, you know, call back to my sketchbook. I'm, I'm hammering this guy out. And initially I had him uh, like hitchhike, hitchhiking to Tucson and that turned into route 66 turned into this little Astro guy. But Dude, that's how so that stuff cool happens to it just, together, man. It just starts evolving. And next thing you know, you're like, Oh, I guess I'm making this. Yeah. It looks good enough. You know? Yeah. Cool. <laughs> yeah I, I really appreciate it, dude. It's just so cool to watch the critters that you create, man. It's just, oh, it's, it's a good time uh, I like for the, sure. The vibe, you know the the thing about it is, is that that Route sixty six thing. You know, being out in Arizona with the desert and all that, and just UFOs and all that retro stuff that's happening down there. It's just super cool to to yeah. See, I don't have any of that up here in Missouri. It's banjos, dude, or uh, <laughs> you know, like enough like that. You know, and and it, so the creativity. It, 
<laughs> I heard it's like the uh, Redneck Riviera up there. Is that true? Oh, yeah, dude. It's it's Redneck. That's for dang sure. In between ice storms. <laughs> so, yeah, you guys got them wild anyway. caves and tunnels and rivers and just all kinds oh, of stuff yeah, to get dude. into. Cool stuff. So, uh, yeah, so let's talk about smoker building. Um, how did you how did you find smoker builders? Uh, I was looking for plans, you know, on the Internet and and, uh, you know, just all of a sudden one day Frank was there on the screen. I'm like, what is this? So I just started looking at it and then <laughs> and then, bam, I found the forms. And then that was just like, I mean, there's so much information on there. Guys like Terry chiming in and, and uh, putting their two cents in there and kind of giving you their fumbles and their screw ups or, you know, hey, look out for this. So that's where it all started. And then, you know, I have a fly messing with me. I don't know what it is. That's but, okay. you know, we don't have to start in Missouri. <laughs> it's, it's like part for course. <laughs> once you start spending that money on material and the time it takes to, you know, generate a cooker, whatever it is, you want it to function. And that's what my biggest fear was. I think when I first found yeah. you, I was actually building a smoker for someone else. And it grows pretty easy, you know. Coals are up and down, direct or indirect. But when you start having a vessel that's actually generating a draft, a flow, you know, needs to retain heat, needs to be sealed. Uh, you got to watch out for grease, fires, and all these little things. I don't know any of that stuff. I just, you know, I know I see grills here and there, and, and it was just all new. So once I found your forms, then it was like, okay, the do's and don'ts. You know, what's best? What's this? And then yeah. uh, it, it really showed me all the details to make it function. And after that, mm -hmm. then I went back to my sketch pad and I was like, okay, well, let's go ahead and try to do something that pertains to my liking, my taste, you know, whatever I do, like my last robot. And so I take all the technical stuff, the blueprints, if you will, like you sell, and then I just started trying to think around that to make it more into my weird, you know, abstract, not abstract, but my recycled art. And, and that's just picking oh, up yeah. little details that I repeat to tell my story or share my style throughout my pits. Hmm. Yeah, dude, that's awesome. So uh, I do remember like back in the day, you know, I, that, uh, you know, we were a lot, everything was on the barbecue forum. That's, that's kind of like before Facebook groups, that's before like, uh, really pages were even really doing anything. Um, we still had Facebook and all that, but the forum, the old barbecue forums were really active and, uh, you know, really cool and stuff. And since then Facebook groups have kind of taken over and a lot of that old, all that old content is still there, all them old do's and don'ts, but it's been really tough to uh to to grow and scale i mean look at the barbecue brethren i mean you probably tooled around on there a little bit too uh you that, know back in the i day would never admit that frank <laughs> i know right <laughs> so anyway i was on there hey i'm on there i know phil phil's an awesome cat man and he told me one time he said i asked him i said what does it take to get a forum or a group or a community or anything like that to grow and and phil, of course he back with that in your laugh you know and uh, I think we were at the we were at the Royal drinking. As a matter of fact, uh, how you, how you can really spot a guy that hung out at the American Royal quite a bit is uh, they know Chad. I'm not even gonna say his last name. Chad. He always had a thing of uh, gentleman Jack that had a 
iceberg around it. I mean, I don't know how he did it. He kept dunking it and freezing it and dunking it and freezing it. And it would build up like a two-inch ice bank all the way around that bottle, completely encapsulating it. And so that bottle went around and around, you know. And uh, that's, as a matter of fact, what we were doing because Chad and and all those guys were all on the brethren. And we were uh, sitting there in the beach lot hanging out with Philip Grand Poopa. And uh, I asked him, I said, what does it take to get a community to grow on the internet? He said, you just need a bunch of guys that just don't know how to put the F up. Like they got to just talk all the time, you know. And yeah. so uh, I always took that to heart. And that's kind of what killed the barbecue forums is all the guys that didn't know how to shop went over to Facebook, you know? <laughs> so yeah. anyway, it's, it's been tough well, to rejuvenate that, but one day, you know. Yeah, guys, you just pick through those sites and then uh, sometimes it's easier to read than others. And, and sometimes you like what you're reading and sometimes you don't. So you just kind of find the one that fits you and, and start digging, you know, and, and you'll seek out that information. Yeah, man. For oh sure. yeah, absolutely. I wonder how many guys is anybody uh, watching here that can chat on Instagram or YouTube, Facebook. How many of you guys remember the old barbecue forums days? Like, drop a drop your forum name in there in the chat if you want. That would that would mean a lot to me to see that. Um, but anyway, so a lot of these guys that are getting started these days, you know, they they got it made, man, because there's so much YouTube out there. There's so much content out there they can watch and. Guys like us had to figure it out. You know, we were the pioneers figuring out what to do. <laughs> so, well, I didn't know. Yeah. I didn't know anything until I rolled into that site. And then I started putting things together just by, you know, information I was seeking out. But but that's why that's there. You know, it's, mm -hmm. it's an excellent tool to turn to. And um, that's sometimes that's not in the groups either. You know, I I like to mm -hmm. read the content and like the the, uh, you know, trials and everything that they've gone through. I don't. I don't need to know that, you know, someone's pit is just so glorious and they're really bragging about it. I want to know the nuts and bolts and, and how it came to be. Absolutely. Hey, guys, so real quick, I'm going to uh, talk about right here. I'm going to do two things. There's a QR code for all you guys that don't that uh, grew up Instagram and Facebook and don't remember the old barbecue forums. That's a QR code for us old guys. All you got to do is uh, scan <laughs> that with your medical camera phone device. And uh, consequently, what will happen is it's going to put this up on the screen on your phone, sbmfg.net slash giveaway. What's going to happen is, is you're going to be taken to a website that I launched right now. I launched it at 5 o'clock Central Time. And uh, you're going to have an opportunity to go in there and enter to win $4,000 worth of uh welding related stuff this welder behind me on the table there's a brown box i don't know if you can see it too much crap in the way on the screen um anyway uh you know it's a lot of cool stuff hood welding hoods a welder a whole bunch of uh like different kinds of wire and stuff like that uh free pitmaster u memberships um for Dang. the welding classes that bob and i are putting out tickets that you can you get Free tickets. First place is two tickets to come in here with me and Bob Moffitt and uh, at any of the welding classes. It's going to be awesome. You can come in here and literally sit here with Bob Moffitt from Weld.com. Uh, now he is Damnation Weld Education and uh, Let's Weld Something on YouTube. Anyway, lots of cool stuff. Get on Man, Bob's like an and endless encyclopedia. He's an icon, man. 
I mean, is like I can remember when I was learning how to weld. I saw that cocky guy on there that, that he just had a presence on the camera. You know, it was fun to watch. Well, don't don't blame um, him. He's know. a he's a pipe guy. He's a pipe <laughs> welder. They they they, they, and, they just that's part of that shit. Yeah, yeah, and he's been welding since a year before I was born. Think about that one. I'm forty. I'm getting. I'm going to be forty-seven here in a little bit. So man, that's how long old man, been old man, old man, and uh, <laughs> been teaching professionally at college uh, since 1986. So the guy's got man. more knowledge than anybody I've ever been around. And you know, there's there's them cool. You know, we call ourselves dinosaurs now. You know, but there's these cool old guys that are still around that just know so much and. Just being around them, they they this is what happens. Somebody like your dad, somebody like Bob, they've done it for so dang long, you know, and they they've got all these little things that they know that they just take advantage. They don't even think about it. It's just habit that they do. And getting in a room with somebody like Bob or somebody like your dad, I'm sure, or anybody that's been doing it for a long time, you can sit there and they just they can hear things, they can smell oh, yeah. things. Absolutely. Yeah. They, yeah. They my dad will do that. He'll, he'll chime in on something and he'll like, Oh, too much wire or, you know, they're doing this wrong or they're fast or something. And, and it's uh over a while, you know, it's like, Oh yeah. Okay. I can hear that. I can, I can see that. Yeah. Dude. Even things that they see like in the weld puddle that I'm, I'm not even aware of yet. Like, you know, they, they point out little things in there, like they're burning in the edge of that bevel or whatever. The oh, little sure. Tiny thing that you can't, dude, that makes a huge difference learning that stuff. How are you going to learn it except you sitting there with him and him to show it to you? You know, what's yeah, that worth? It's, it's incredible. There is a fine you know? line of uh, having, you know, that perfect, perfect weld, you know, the perfected bead and the ends. And the other part of that is just generating something and not tripping out mm -hmm. that your weld totally sucks or, or something else happens, you know? So when you see Bob like that, Bob's just like, you know, he's about to test. He wants to get it done. He's very technical. And then I know other welders that they're not even thinking about that. It holds, you know, they'll give it a shake and they're moving on because they're trying to <laughs> produce something that they see. So, you know, over time I was yeah. like torn, like, well, I don't want to, you know, my dad's looking at my work but I still want them to do something kind of wild and ornate. So I <laughs> tried to bring those worlds together as close as I could to try to make that better yeah. product. But you definitely need both of those welders though. You need the jerk that doesn't care. And it just, you know, flux coring everything <laughs> and it's gross. But when he's done, you're like, Oh, that's really beautiful. It doesn't matter how, you know, he got there, but it's there. I understand now. And then the other part of that is, you're hoping to God that that clevis D-ring doesn't break and crush you, whatever you're hanging from that well. <laughs> so I understand yeah, both, yeah, yeah, both sure. sides of that, for sure. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. So, guys, if you haven't yet, get on over there and uh, join into that or enter that giveaway. i sure like to see you. Come on down in here and hang out with us at the uh, – uh, I wonder why my thing ain't updating here. What the heck? So looks tell like me we got about a whole your time with Bob's uh, coming over. What's going on that weekend? You guys are going to have a class, uh, kind of how-to? Dude, it's going to be awesome. So on the 19th of March uh, is when the class is. Uh, last time when Bob came down, um, man, we went through so much material. <laughs> it was 
it was awesome. Material like, like welding things or material like content? knowledge. Content, oh yeah. Knowledge. Yeah. The, the man, he started at eight o'clock sharp with a, with a safety meeting and it went complete. It went on and on, you know, the whole day did with all kinds of information all the way up until, uh, I think we were here till like one third morning, like from yeah, 8 a.m. That sounds about right. <laughs> in the shop. You can actually hear it in some of his, uh, in some of his content that uh, his throat was getting hoarse from talking so much, you know. Um, looks like there's a couple guys that are saying that they're having a hard time getting on the link, um, the link on mobile. You might actually try either an incognito tab, like a private tab, or you can go and use a different browser, typically Safari. If you're using it, it doesn't work so hot. Um, let me see here. But yeah, we're gonna we're gonna start off the day with uh, we're gonna start off the day with uh, you know a safety meeting, and then we'll get right into just MIG welding and oxy cutting, and uh, use two different fuels. We're gonna go over acetylene and propylene. Um, I've been using oh, yeah. propylene here in the shop. I like it a lot. Um, seems like that it's about the cheapest bottle. It's not like propane. Propane requires a lot more oxygen than propylene does. So it has a longer kind preheat, of I think. Worlds. Yeah. I was using that propylene yeah. uh, around 2000. I, I had an outfit I was working with. We used a lot of that. And then I asked the mm -hmm. gentleman, I'm like, propylene? What the hell is propylene? He's like, oh, well, different suppliers kind of coined their own little cocktail. So I'm like, okay, you know, but yeah, it's, uh, it was, it was interesting. We, we use it for sure. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, uh, so we're going to use both kinds of gas and then we got plasma cutting and all that stuff in here as well. Then you're going to burn a lot of wire and, uh, waste a lot of coupons. I got a, just got a thousand pounds of coupons in, you know, just little Dang. pieces, different, does different Bob ranges, do, does, you know, does Bob do like the double hand weld kind of thing or something oh, he, like, he hasn't done he it, do it once. yeah i haven't seen He's him do that like... yet in here <laughs> yeah he he did flip up the hood when he was doing a root pass you know oh. and, and have a conversation that was cool <laughs> so anyway hilarious um yeah, I guys, just so you know, I got Jacob in here. Um, he's helping me out with all of this. He's working on the technical stuff for getting on the giveaway. Um, anyway, it's coming around. <laughs> so, and we're going to do it for thirty days, so you won't you won't be left out for sure. Let's take some questions and comments here, Aaron. Looks like there's quite a bit going on in the chat. Okay. Um, here we go. Here's one I answered earlier. Open to Canadians. Yes, it is. We won't hold that um, against you. Yeah. Let's see. Dennis G entered. Um, says Richie says. Oh, that I think Lisa's making them go. Hang on, Lisa. Let me drive. Uh, I don't know what happened. So what's this, your next? So what happens is there's a bunch of chat going on over here on the side, and I'm trying to pull up questions here. Um, not really seeing any. Okay, go ahead, Aaron. Sorry. Well, I saw you just got rid of that uh, 500 gallon. So, what do you what are you messing with next? Seems like you always got so, something like three or four weeks before you start talking about something. Yeah, I've already got it going on. Uh, I'll tease about it a little bit here. 
so what's happening well, what, is I wanna, uh, hold on, hold on. I want to know about Junior's okay. new pit coming out. That central okay. looking pit. Center that thing feed. looked pretty awesome. Okay, yeah, we'll go into that. So uh the center feed, yeah, I'm gonna be building the center feed for Junior Uraeus uh out of early Texas. Um, I met Junior years ago, of course, at the American Royal. And uh, Junior uh, has a barbecue restaurant. He was in uh, Midland for a long time. He's also got a rub company. Um, and back in the day on the old uh, podcast stuff with barbecue superstars is when I met Junior. Um, he had Junior's Rub for Grub. And it's really good rub, man. It's good stuff. But anyway, um, I already got the beer burps. But anyway... Um, Junior hit me up the other day because he's got that new restaurant down in Texas and uh, he's got limited space, but needs a high volume uh, that he can cook. And so he years ago, I, I don't know where he got the design ideas from, but, uh, but he had a um, uh, center, what, what I call a center feed reverse flow. Um, he built it a little different than our design. Um, I think 2012 or so. I did a design for a guy named Gizmo on our forum and he built a cooker called uh, Edna. And basically all it is, is you take the same math and everything for a reverse flow, but the firebox is in the dead center middle and it goes up like this and it turns and goes both ways and comes back up. I'm trying to get my orientation like that. It goes back to the middle and out. So the gap, <laughs> the gap is both side, both ends of the baffle plate. And so what happens is, is that you get, you get a small footprint. So we can do the capacity of one and a half thousand gallon cookers in an eight foot space instead of a 16 foot space. And so a thousand gallon cooker can cook a whole lot of brisket. Now, vertically, there's a little bit of temperature difference. So you got to be careful, right. you know, how you're, can, how you're, can, you know, flipping. You can just kind of graduate during the cook, right? Yeah. Yeah, usually what I do is the I floors. the middle is fine, but I'll take the top and the bottom and I'll just flip them like that. And when uh, oh, I that, it's you get the same product top to bottom pretty would, much. Would way. you say that that um, cooker is gonna? Would you say that cooker is gonna um, draft volume as much as like a traditional, or kind of is it a little bit slower? Um, no, it'll work just like a reverse flow. Um, it'll it'll okay. be a lot more even because the top of the firebox is insulated and it's in the dead center of the pit instead of one end. So basically, you just split. Um, is this? Oh, so is that mind. is that uh, exhaust um, central as well? Uh, yeah, the exhaust is dead center in the back wall, and uh, there's a there's a top and a bottom. I wish I would have saved pictures of it to show you, but. We're releasing the plans all the for information, it next Frank. week. Yeah, we made plans for it, so you're going to be able to have the plans and build it yourself. At the awesome. same time, I'm building one. Yeah, it, now it it's not cool. a cheap I mean, just, cooker. That concept just made yeah. sense. It's not. As soon as I saw that thing, I'm like, oh yeah, okay, <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> looks good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's basically like the same amount of food you can cook in a thousand gallon. You can fit one and a half times of that vertically in there just because of the floor space so it's about three yeah. feet deep uh eight foot wide for the cook chamber oh wow and then uh, about 40 inches tall so four racks on eight inch centers tons of space 
Tons yeah, of that space. sounds yeah, good. I'm super excited. It's going to be heavy beast too. It's about six and a half feet tall. Um, I, I don't remember how many sheets a quarter inch plate is in it. It's going to be very, very heavy. <laughs> so, I bet. Anyway. Hey, let's doesn't give a sound, couple doesn't of... Doesn't sound uh, like a light one. Uh, Dennis here's got a question. We'll answer that one here in a minute. I'm going to star him. Um, so let's talk about some other some of these up-and-comer pit builder guys. Remember who we were going to talk about this? We already picked them all out. So I want to I want to give a shout out here to Titus Undercore Smokers on Instagram. If he's watching, I don't know if he's still watching on uh, Instagram or not. Uh, the real party guys on Instagram. The real party's over on YouTube. Uh, go to Smoker Builder on YouTube. But anyway, Titus Smokers is one of the guys I've been watching and following and stuff like that. He is busting it out. He's down in Texas and uh, he's doing some really cool builds. You know, one of the builds he did was a big old uh, red train car. Did you see that build by chance? I, I don't know if you sent me that one. I, I think I saw the one where um, he had some uh, either laser or plasma cut uh, like a bracket and he had a real beautiful round curved beam oh, yeah. on there. It's really nice. Yeah, yeah. Yep. And he had some oversized yeah, yeah. tires. That's the guy, right? Yeah, yeah. So Titus yeah. is going to be one of those very guys. Uh, yeah, very clean build. And then uh, he's got a helper down there helping him out. Be watching him. Another guy I wanted to give a shout out to. If you're in the market trying to buy a cooker, uh, hit up Titus. And then also HDM Smokers. Um, talked to Paul yesterday a little bit. That guy's hungry. Um, I would say he's probably one of the newest outfits out there. Definitely not new as far as experience goes, but new as far as business goes. Um, they're in Houston, Texas, and uh, I was talking to him yesterday. They've got room right now for whatever you want. Um, they just started in January. He's got a few builds under his belt. He's, as a matter of fact, he just restored a uh, Mobert cooker and uh, built an awning over the trailer and stuff like that for a guy down there. Um, really cool build, really great guy. Um, they're full time as well. And then I don't yeah, remember it's, any of the others. Man, there's so much, <laughs> there's so many pits to get built and, and work out there. It's, it's really neat to see these guys kind of turning their, their focus to this stuff and, and getting in the community. Mm -hmm. Uh, cause, cause fat, you know, there's, yeah. there's welders all over the place from, we have a Caterpillar dealer up the street here to uh, ornamental iron stuff, you know, of course, but uh, just to get into the cookers and all that, it's, it's pretty cool. I think, you know, there's, it's uh, there's more to it. And, and some guys just don't want to venture there, you know, and uh, don't be scared. Like get on that old forum that all that information's on there. And a yep. lot of those dudes are still around and you just knock on that door yeah. and you'd be surprised on who, who'd help you out and uh, get you in that field. Like Frank. Oh yeah. Yeah. That's what I'm here <laughs> for. Yeah. So I've tried to add up. Well, it's, it's impossible. I can't add up all the people I've I've ran into worldwide in the last eleven years. Guys in Africa, you know, uh, there's a few guys over in Africa. One guy's named Michael Robinson. That guy's a killer, man. He's building so many cookers over there. It's rattling my mind. But I've even talked to a few guys over there that uh, you know have food trucks and stuff like that. They're trying to feed their family, building cookers and running food trucks and, you know, uh, blue jeans and Coca-Cola, you know, they all, the whole world 
is wanting uh, wanting more barbecue. <laughs> so it's, um, it's crazy. I know Tom's shipping some pits in other countries. You know. Yeah, we we have a local. Uh, we have a really awesome barbecue uh, place here called uh, Little Miss Barbecue. And they have a company mm-hmm. called uh, Camelback Smokers, and uh, they just sent some stuff out to Cairo, I think. And you're like, "What? Wow. Egypt? Like, oh yeah, they flew the thousand gallon pits out to Cairo." And I was all, "That's like, awesome." I'm all, "What?" <laughs> so yeah, I mean that just tells you that people want this American fabric of these smokers. And I know you're, you're you know, you're, you're building that cabinet, but. This silhouette is is really just that. It's like this iconic shape and visually yeah. that has a lot of value. You know, that has, a, you know, people mm-hmm. are seeing that and they're remembering wherever they fell in love with that barbecue, whether it's up in the Carolinas or, or down in, in Central Texas. Uh, it's just it's amazing how much uh, people that are into it just light up. It's like, holy smokes. What? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I always you know, like uh, messing with the butchers at the at the meat counter, you know. They're like, "Oh, you gonna you gonna cook that? You gonna smoke that?" I'm like, "Oh, I got a smoker." And they're like, "Oh, I got a trigger." And I'm like, "Check this out!" And they just shut up. They're yeah. just like, "What? What?" And I'm all, "Yeah, we make <laughs> we make real five fire burning pits, man. You don't have to plug that shit in." Yeah. And they're just they're just blown away. They're like, how how do you do that? I'm all smoke oh, yeah. Start there. Here's one yeah. for you, Aaron, off YouTube, Western Blood. You had a art fireplace go to a hotel in Germany. Can you talk about that? All right. All right. Well, uh, weird enough, my last name's Voigt on my shirt here. And uh, my mom, my mom's side of the family, we're, we're out of El Paso. We're tan. We're Mexican. And my dad's side is white as white can be straight out of Germany. And uh, uh, we're a military family, and we just happened to be over there, and I was born in Germany. And I got a little Oma that, you know, had a, a real strong accent growing up, and, and so we're German. So this one year, I got this fire pit done, and we ended up in uh, – took it. I don't remember the show. I've, it may have been the Roadster show, but it was definitely at Pomona for the swap, the automotive swap meet. So um, – mm-hmm. The, the pit I did, it looked like a, a silhouette of an old school television, like from I Love Lucy. It Dude, had like a, so a cool. circular oval shape to it. And what I had uh, found was I found a water tank that was on a wooden, like a wagon. And it was that oval tank. And there was three tanks. So, um, you know, one was like five and then a four footer and then maybe like an 18 incher. They may have been something for the farm or ag or something, but. So I saw that and I'm like, oh, that's like a retro TV. That's a TV. So I made it look like a TV. I, I made a really cool silhouette for the screen. And then I made the screen where it kind of folds out on a pin and then it folds back and it was on an, an angle cut. So if you open the mm-hmm. door and you let it shut, it would work itself back and then close. Or if you push it in, so it would cool. work itself back and, <laughs> and nest back flush. And then uh, yeah. you could take the pin and this was a screen to the fireplace, if you will. And you can pull it out of its keeper and then, you know, get it out of the way and, and get to your business. So I cut a hole in the top so it'll fume. And I had that door on there. And then on uh, on the back side, I, I made an intake. So I had some fresh air coming in. And uh, I just kind of did the silhouette, the descending legs. And I took a half a ball, like a sphere. 
and I put that on the edge of the lake. So it had like these circular pods. It looked like a little alien pod landing. And then I made a drop in antenna that when it was mm -hmm. fire and cracking and all that, it would just, the light would dance on the antenna. So, you know, you can kind of oh, tune yeah. it in if you want. And it was a big, <laughs> wide, you know, four foot tank by three foot tall. And it looked like yeah. a damn TV when it was done. It was like, it just worked out so nice. And, and it, the acoustics off of that, like the, the face on it wasn't like a sheer, you know, straight. It had like a bulge and a bubble to it. So the corners were kind of rounded and the mm -hmm. noise that that fire would kick out. It was just like, you're like, whoa, it swears it's, it's like emphasized or, you know, amplified, but it was just bouncing off of that cylinder in there. And uh, so we're in, mm -hmm. we're in Pomona and, and like, uh, I'm sitting there and I'm like waiting. Some people are stopping by. No lie. Chip Foose drove by and did like a double take. And I was like, oh, cool. Yeah. I got Chip For Foose, real? You know? And then, yeah. And then like this dude came dude. by and he's wearing overalls and he's kind of dirty working and he's all, hey, what's up? And I'm like, I know this guy. I know this guy. His name is Johnny, and he and he, he makes, like, these vintage trailers in L.A., and he stopped, and he just totally, like, gave me, like, nice, man, nice, and took off. And that was, like, ragged. I'm like, who was that? Like, that was – I know that person. Who is that? Like, they're quirky. Like, who was it? And some creatives had stopped by and were totally, like, giving me a quick thumbs up, and I was like, man, that is so awesome to – you know, here are all these car guys and I'm not like, I'm a car person. I actually went to school for Chrysler and all this stuff, but I'm not a sheet metal guy. I don't shrink and stretch all that stuff. I just, I haven't got into that. And it's like a whole nother tier of a fab and a different <clears throat> Avenue. And I was getting a little respect from these guys. I'm like, cool. That's, that's fantastic. You know? And, and then this dude, dude walks up and freaking he's like, boost, man. I know it was it, it was such a blip in time. I was just like, okay, thank you. You know, enough. That was that was it. I don't know if I've ever talked about that. But anyway, uh, so no, this guy I comes didn't up. Know that. <laughs> this guy comes up and he has this thick accent and he's like, dude, I like this, I like this TV. And I'm like, me too. And he's all cool, cool. He's like, well, you know, so we worked out a price and and I'm like, well, he goes, I think it'll fit in my in my vehicle. And I said, okay, well, it's pretty big. And he goes, I got an excursion. Don't worry. So I'm like, <laughs> all right, I want to see this guy shove this pit in the back of his excursion, right? And so he pulls up and he opens up the back door of the excursion and it's already full of all this shit he just bought. And I'm like, what, what are you doing? Like, what is all this? You're at a swap meet, but there's like all this stuff, like he's, he's filling up a bar or something, you know? He goes, oh, well, I got a sea container and I'm shipping all this stuff back to Germany. I have a like an American Route 66 hotel in Germany. I'm like, what? Wow. He's like, yeah, it's leaving tomorrow. And I'm like, what? So he goes, I got to I got to get this in this vehicle. It's going today. I'm like, let's do it. So we took all this That's shit. Awesome. And we took that screen off the the thing we filled it up full of all the junk and we shoved that thing in there and it like barely closed. <laughs> like that was it. And he's all see you oh, later. Yeah. And then, sure enough, there it went. And in three days in the middle of the ocean dude. on the way to way to Germany. Dude, that, yeah, that was wild. Did, did he ever send you a picture of it all set up? Uh, I think I got one, but I, I should track that guy down again and see what he's up to. Oh, yeah, yeah, but that man. was, uh, that's, that's awesome. 
that was a great trip. And, and, uh, that, that Pomona is about six hours from me, seven hours. So I think we drove the night before and either, you know, got there like six or five and those guys will line up, uh, prior to them opening, you know, as far as they can to get a space and to get to the swap. So when you're in line, anticipating them opening the next morning, guys are walking that aisle shopping. So they're looking in the back of trucks, guys are sleeping They're They're like half open and they're shopping. And so (laughs) it's a, it's a buzz. It's definitely like a swap meet buzz. What's going on. But that is a great show to, to just go and check out all the cool cars and all the awesome retro stuff they have for sale there. It's a good time. Oh yeah. Guys are making sounds awesome. They're selling you beers and homemade tacos on the sneak. It's awesome. (laughs) (laughs) Homemade tacos? Oh yeah. Like they got a little hibachi set up and they're like, you got, you know, want some tacos? We'll sell you a beer and three tacos or whatever. Yeah. (laughs) They're gonna make money come hell or high water, it sounds like. They're just kicking, they're just kicking it, man. They're just they're like, hey, we're doing it anyway. Let's (laughs) just do it. That's cool. Here's a question here. From Dennis, he says, how can you tell if your reverse flow is drafting too much? Hmm. Um, that's a good question. So what, what, is usually it, what does drafting it dep- mean? It means it's like uh, the, the, velo- the volume of air is going out too fast. So one, one indicator, it depends on your situation and how the pit's designed. I'm going to go ahead and go all technical on you here. But... Uh, Basically, you will wind up. It depends on if it's sucking too much cold air through your firebox, let's say. So you'll be throwing a lot of wood at the fire, trying to get enough heat into that air mass. Or it could be that uh, your cooker's over your if you have your fires too big and you got to cut your fire way back in order to keep from overheating. You'll either overheat or you won't get hot enough. You'll use too much fuel or not enough fuel. One of those two things is how you'll know. Um, if you have too much fuel, if you have to keep throwing more wood on there to get hot, then more than likely you're either bypassing cold air around your coal bed that's uh, causing your air mixture to, to uh, your temperature to mix too cold. So you just have to block off the, the area around your log rack so that you can force more air to go directly through the coal bed. Or the other way around is if you're having to minimize how much uh, how much fuel is in your coal bed, and uh, like it's just sucking too much air and it's all going through the coal bed, and you can't drop temp, then more than likely you've got some kind of an issue uh, with the way your firebox is built, um, things like that. You know your stack length, your baffle plate gap, those kind of things. Um, anyway, hope that helps. On that one there. On a rever- Here's another question. Let's get this one here. Jim Newell says, on a reverse flow smoker, do you tack in your tuning plates or adjust them every time? On a reverse flow smoker, it's all one big, uh, just one big baffle plate that's welded in solid. You don't adjust that. Now, you can adjust the baffle plate gap at the end of the baffle plate. I've done that before. You can make a little blade that opens and shuts and adjust that. But if uh, on tuning, like a uh, what I call a traditional offset, like Close used to build and those guys, uh, that would be with tuning plates in the cook chamber 
a whole bunch of little plates, and those do not get tacked in. And usually your stack is on the opposite end from the firebox. You adjust those little plates like that. Have you ever built any of those, Aaron? A reverse flow? Or, or well, the, I know you build reverse flows, but uh, offset, traditional tuning plates? I have not. I haven't mm -hmm. put a tuning plate on the end there. Is that what yeah. you're asking me? So the, yeah, if you've built with tuning plates before. No, I've like threatened to. Plates. Mm -hmm. I have a, I have like a weird cooker now that has a really tall square uh, cook chamber. It's a reverse flow. And within that big square to get to my exhaust, uh, there's some zones in there. And initially I wanted to put those tuning plates in there, but uh, I don't do like a crazy amount of volume. I just kind of cook at home for, for my buddies or my family. So uh, I'm not doing like, you know, 14 briskets or whatever. So I have room to move things around in there. And I really, I like the different zones in there. It just kind of helps me throughout the cook. If something's lagging mm -hmm. or, or, uh, or moving too fast, I can kind of just mix it up and, and stash it in those, in those different zones. Yeah. So the, uh, back in the day, if you remember, we were all geeked out about reverse flows and threading the needle and getting everything just perfect, you know, on the design and, you know, this is the exact amount of firebox you need. And this is the exact amount of baffle plate gap you need, you know, and we spent a lot of time on that. Get your clear smoke, you know. And if you watch like Paul Shirley, uh, Shirley Fab, like they're talking about clear smoke. Paul was around in those days when we were trying to do all that. So uh, the, the interesting thing is that the more I cook and the more I build pits, now the sloppier I'm getting with my design. <laughs> You know, just because like you get a lot, you get those temp zones, man. And you get that. I don't know, man. There's just something about it. It's just like, uh, you know, the matter of fact, these cookers I'm building right now, you, I don't post pictures of them, but uh, they're a patio model that I've been building. Um, actually, I'm not even building it. I'm having it built. We'll talk about that someday. Um, but anyway, this patio model that I'm working with right now is just wide freaking open. There's no baffle in it. There's nothing in there. Um, it's just a it's just a good old Texas offset, you know. And uh, dude, the flavor on that is just insane. Like you can you can really get down and dirty on some of those cookers, you know. And I, well, I just think that our design early on is awesome. If you really need that control, you like in a cook in a commercial environment, you need that balance for production sure. purposes and making money. Yeah. But, uh, dude, if you're just in cooking, geeking out, wanting to, you know, wanting to have, see how far you can push things and experiment, dude, an open offset is awesome. Just yeah. Wide I open. mean, as, as long as you have a clean smoke happening and you, you're not poisoning your guests, yeah, game on. I mean, sure. rock and roll. Yeah. Got the guys, if you're out there and you have people telling you, oh, don't buy anything but this, this is all you need, that's all malarkey. We've all sat at a camp and had, like, the best food come out of that campfire, and there's no smoker there. You know, you're just making it as it should be, you know. So I think if if you're on a pit and uh, it's not totally tuned or it's not this or like that, you just find that sweet spot and you work that thing, and you will master that pit and you will make good food off of there. And then as you graduate oh, yeah. through those pits, then you'll start, you know, knowing what you like, what you don't like. I really wish it had this, you know, man, if this was just this much bigger or this much smaller, you know, and that's where it's cool to start building your own stuff. 
Oh yeah. So so yeah, that's why we always say thin and blue, you know, because that 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 spectrum. As a matter of fact, something interesting I haven't done yet, but I'm fixing to. And I would encourage anybody that's selling a volume of pits, uh, especially if they're in California. Hey, wait, real quick. What's the quantity on that? Quantity cervezas per por favor. Oh, uh, <laughs> well, it is uh, dos secchi. So there's two, Frank. There's two. Two for each. So <laughs> that would be four. Hell, I don't know. So I'm not. Uh, I think I'm looking for two. It's just a pint. I'm just having a pint. Just a pint, eh? So I'm on number two. I'm finishing up. I can't remember. Anyway, space camper on my end. Um, I saw anyway, that. I was going to say, huh? I saw the graphics saw on that. there, and I saw it was from Missouri, but they didn't. Uh, they didn't have it at the first spot I went to, and then I was running out of time. Cosmic IPA, fellas, space camper from Boulevard. It's a Missouri company. Anyway. So what I was going to say is uh, something that I would recommend you're doing if you if you sell pits in California to restaurants, okay, or if you're a geek and you just want to know from me, you can actually be certified, and I can't remember what it's called, but it's uh, I can get you all the information if you want it bad enough. Hop, hit me up in the messages or something, or send me an email. But um, you you actually it's like an opacity test. And what that means is like they teach you how to uh, how to judge how clean something is burning. For instance, a charcoal making factory or oh, oh, hold on. Uh, kind who's, of an industrial. Who's plant. telling you that? There's an organization that you have to go through. I wish I had all my information together. I do not. This is completely inspired by the beers I've been <laughs> drinking because they are heavy IPAs with high alcohol content. And I'm all geeked out right now. So. <laughs> all right, all right. So so I decided I'm gonna get a test and I'm gonna become one of those certified opacity guys. I can't Are you? what the hell it's called. <laughs> yeah, dude, because it's only 200 bucks. So this is the God's honest truth. A buddy that, of mine can speaking Williams, of God, is that like the ordained minister card you get online? Yes, it is totally. <laughs> anyway, uh so I got uh mine in Oakland, California, and Ken Williams at uh, Triple T BBQ in Oakland, California. I don't even think he's open yet because his cookers are still sitting in Tom's shop. Okay. Here's the issue. He's in downtown Oakland, right? Wait a minute. Is this guy competing? Out there. Is he oh, competing with North? Uh, uh, what's that? Is he, you know, that, with that Matt, uh, is it Matt North or not Matt North? Uh, oh, no, no, I'm Cali that... BBQ. No, mean Cali I think he goes BBQ? by his name. Horn? Is it Horn? Okay, Matt Horn. Their marketing yeah. is like, I mean, they could be selling Gucci watches for the marketing they're doing. It's just all, you know, <laughs> know. everything's they're just good. like really yeah. progressive and off. You know, they're really serious about their cue. Hey, hey, you know what's awesome about having uh, my girl in here helping us to smoke a realtor? She just told me what it is, and she's absolutely correct. I cannot believe she got this. It's called Method 9 Opacity Certification. I got to know, girl, comment in the comments out where you found that, because that is hilarious. I cannot believe that you found it. 
it, it is called method nine certification and you have to have it for the clean air act in California, because that's, that's his problem. He can't open his restaurant until he passes. The smoker has to actually have a what? certification that it meets the method nine opacity certification for uh clean air act in, um, in California, it doesn't matter everywhere else. It's only a problem in California, right? Big deal. That, so, that does sound uh, anyway. like a problem. Yeah, I'm so torn <laughs> between California. Problem. My family grew up in Southern California, and they have like the best eateries. And I, you know, my my parents and and uh, they're all part of the workforce down there. But man, all the politics and the clean air, this and that. I'm I'm glad I'm yeah. here. <laughs> Oh, great place Lisa, to visit. Lisa just said she Googled it. That's where she got it. She just Googled it. I can't believe she picked it up. That's awesome. Way to go. Um, but yeah, method nine. So literally, you want to know what it takes to get certified? Oh, you're going to laugh your butt off, dude. Because it's it's awesome. <laughs> what? You sit. So literally, the test, the test and the certification class lasts about four hours. And you meet out here at the city park. No kidding. They light a fire in a cooker and you stand back and you got to look at the paper and look at the smoke. Look at the paper, look at the smoke and compare the color in grayscale of the, of the smoke compared to the paper, what it shows, that color. And then you have to guess, which one is it? Like at what point in the look it is this? Or what point in the fire does this test? So so I told him, like, no kidding, dude. It's the whole it's the funniest thing in the world. So like it runs clear. So it'll pass up until the point you put a log on it. So I said, so while the guy comes to certify it, get a coal bed in that thing. Don't put no wood on that. Put a coal bed in it and just let it sit so there and you, burn coal. Who cares you about temperature? You don't know nothing. If you have like a uh, one of those burn barrels like Mixon that just generating coals, yeah. can't you just immediately pass the test? Yeah, yeah, pretty much. It's just all about how big is your coal bed. You can pass opacity test because the charcoal guy that made the charcoal did have to pass that test for EPA stuff. Like Todd down here at, Char at Timber Charcoal is the guy that told me all about it. Um, he's the one that wow. he's actually the certified guy for this area. You know, and uh, well, told me well, all that about how guy's like, charcoal. Yeah, <laughs> like there ain't even no like instrumentation that you gotta have to do that test. <laughs> you just gotta like look at the paper. Look what if you're thing. colorblind? And you're colorblind. I am. I am colorblind. That's <laughs> that's why they do it in grayscale because grayscale. You know, I'm Mexican, right, me. Frank? I do. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh! Here's a good one here from from Jim. He says all this here goes back to Frank saying there's no wrong way to build a pit, just some ways that are better than other ways. That's absolutely correct. Yeah. I do believe don't that. Ever, yeah. Don't ever talk shit on someone's pit, man. Everybody has a different, nah. you know, they're in a different part of their uh, hobby, of their, uh, you know, experience in there. So whenever I see somebody that's either really failing or, you know, whatever, I'm just always trying to be encouraging and, and, and help them, uh, you know, point out, politely what's going on that they're they're messing up but yeah i think that same thing with these welders 
all the wellers, they all have their own place in, the, in this whole thing. And uh, it's just best to keep an open mind and, and keep uh, learning and, and looking ahead to your next your next thing rather than sitting back and and telling everyone how awesome you are and how this is the only way to do it. That just doesn't exist. That's that's a false reality. Yeah. To me. yeah. There's only the way that you are really good at building a pit. <laughs> so like you, you yeah. are really good at building this kind of cooker, stay in your lane, build that cooker, make money, have fun, build a sure, lot have of fun, man. whatever. It's your style. Yeah. If, if um, you're, yeah. if you're having a hard time and, and you're not having fun, you don't even realize that that stuff shows up in your work. You know, when you're oh, yeah. sitting there at the end, of the, end of the product, you can just tell if somebody's into making this or they're just in there hitting that clock, you know, yeah, it's the, the proof is in the pudding. Yeah. Let's take one here from uh, trailer trash projects. I love that name. <laughs> That's a check out his feed. Um, so he says, are, are competition smokers reverse vertical or horizontal? I've actually seen all three. Uh, but what Lisa said is right. Most guys that use offsets anyway are using uh, open offsets uh, in competition, like the Jambo guys and things like that. But, you know, something that I've seen happening more and more and more for competition, like pro competition, is there's a lot more guys using uh, drum smokers. And you can remember my drum smoker days, I'm sure, Aaron. <laughs> I mean, you they, still have I've, yours. I've Dude, I've got so many drums. Um, you know, I they're easy. They're they're just like there's pellet grills. I'm sorry, guys. Don't be offended, but there's pellet grills. <laughs> Actually, there's let's go one step. There's gas grills. Okay, let's start there. And Derek, remember the czar? When when him and I yeah. would do a Lowe's in the spring or summer or something like that, there would almost always be a guy loading up a uh, a gas grill into Bevy's truck in front of Lowe's, you know, right in front of God and everybody. They just put the cameras on you when you're out there loading that thing up, you know. And uh, what happens is Derek would sit there and he'd say, uh, he would say, another angel just died. You know, <laughs> like I can't remember what the statement was, but it used to say an angel just lost its wings. No, no, that would die. Like that's what <laughs> happened. Anyway, so there's gas grills. And then there's pellet grills, and then there's cans or drum smokers, right? They're just like one tier right above. And then there's offsets and reverse flows. I, that's my thing, but I'll tell you what's even like more difficult to run than this is any fashion of a uh, vertical wood-burning smoker. That's fun. I, I enjoy like that meat missile I built. That was the funnest freaking me and Tom and Mike you, and all of us built just, that cooker. I think you just like the name real, real, awesome. real good. Well, <laughs> I said uh, my first post about it on Instagram, um, there's a dude down in Brazil named uh, uh, Mr. Mr. Smoker.ms. Um, anyway, the guy's a freaking cool guy. He's famous in Brazil. You know, he's always been a follower of ours. And uh, anyway, I made my first post and I put it all in Portuguese uh, just for him because uh, just to make him happy because like he's all by himself down there, you know, doesn't, he doesn't speak a lick of English. You know, he, he'll have his, uh, his niece, I think, text me on WhatsApp because he can't speak English. Right. And we talk on WhatsApp through his niece. Right. So anyway, he's a, he's a hell of a dude, Sandro Franchine. Anyway, if he's watching, I love you, bro. 
But uh, anyway, uh, you know, just the first post I ever made about the meat missile, I put it out there in Portuguese and I called it something like El Carne de Missile or something like that. And he was blown away. Boy, he thought that was a great thing. I spoke his language or whatever. But uh, yeah, cool. that meat missile was a fun build, man. And it's, so it's you like that you like that vertical action. Had. You like the vertical action it. of that. Love it. Yeah, uh, that it, thing because it was a propane tank that was vertical, and it it did that. Oh. the friction loss on that wall—it's all friction loss. So when when air, water, any fluid, air is a fluid. When any fluid is running through a duct or a pipe or something like that. The walls have friction associated with it, like you rub it and it's rough. And so what happens is it's like the velocity going up and the, the friction on the edge of the mass going up and, and causing that friction causes it to do that centrifugal force. And that whole air mass gets to spinning. You don't need no vortex baffle plate, guys, in your drums for that, by the way, because it does it naturally just because of the, the pipe or the can, do, right? Do you, do you so remember those little... Drop in, uh, they look like a, um, a, a fan, fan blade. blade for your intake <laughs> on your car that they used to push when we were, yeah, 20. You don't need that tornado, it does it all by shit. itself, yeah, yeah, it does it all by itself. Matter of fact, Very the cool. air, if in fact the thing is spinning inside the pipe, it's because the air is making the thing spin, not the thing is making the air spin. It's because of the friction loss, right? It's going up or out, yeah, out, and it's spinning because of friction. So anyway, it's just really cool to, to look at that. And that that action inside that vertical propane tank, cooking sausage is the best thing ever, man. It was so cool. And yeah, uh, I think there was the hang, best sausage ever. <laughs> it was great. Hanging sausage is hard to beat. Hey, I have a complaint though, oh, Frank. Yeah. I mean, this damn hat oh, won't even snap. fit around my head. Look at this shit. <laughs> That's how many ideas I got in here. I can't get it to go. That's fine. My in-law, my, my father-in-law Jeff doesn't wear it. He doesn't, he doesn't clip that shit either. He just keeps it on the top. Get you some Velcro or a rubber band or something. Come on, man. They can work. Between the strap. Something. It or looks a good. Ratchet. You could. There you go. Nobody can tell. <laughs> Nobody can tell. It's perfect. That's uh, right. Yeah. All right. So here we got another one here. Let's get this one here. I love the questions, guys. Keep pounding them in here. I don't know if – I think all the Facebook guys gave up. I want to see some Facebook guys chatting in here. We're getting Baiting YouTube, making guys. mine reverse but seems more trouble than it's worth. And if pros use offset, then I'm okay with it. Well, you know, and to me, think? um I haven't I've cooked more on a reverse fold than I have on a traditional offset. From what I know, the if you're kind of new and you're kind of learned still kind of getting through things, it seems like the reverse flow is a little more forgiving. So, if you drop your fire, if you go a little hot, uh an unevenness within the cooking grate where you're cooking, all that's a little more room to play. If you have a traditional offset you're immediately going to have, Frank told me about 18 inches of hot, almost unused zone coming right out of that firebox. <laughs> and that's where you'll see like mill scale guys putting in that hot plate there. 
Uh, Sonny Mulberg puts that little diffuser off the first support for your slide rack. So there's a lot of heat entering that vessel right now. So you have that super hot zone right there. Then you got a middle zone within your cook chamber. That's where all your business is going to go down. And then you have an, an, a different zone by your collector on all the way in the opposing end. So they all have trade-offs. You know, if you're a super pimp on that fire, you can keep things maintained and know where to put it. That traditional offset, no problem. But if you're kind of having too many cervezas and you're a little behind, <laughs> that reverse flow may just carry you through and help you wake up from that nap and not ruin everything. <laughs> yeah, that's that's for sure. Uh, you know, like uh, I remember some guys back in the day would put a fan on their reverse flows and, uh, you know, just chalk that firebox full of wood and just hit her and let her go. <laughs> you can't do that. You're going to have to deal with it. But out of like having to go out every 45 minutes or 30 minutes, whatever it is for your tune on your pit and having to go out and put wood in the cooker, reverse flows are the most forgiving as far as like keeping that consistency. If your wood, the biggest, the biggest thing I have figured out is like keep your wood all the same size and put the same amount of wood on consistently. Everything will be cool. But if you put a big old log on and then you put a little bitty log on and, it gets all mixed up. You're going to have like a little bit of that because your cold bed's getting big and small. And, uh, you know, but the reverse flow can correct a lot of that. That's the, that's the real benefit of it. Um, horizontally. And we've done them. Uh, my buddy, Don Mitleider up in, uh, uh, Washington state. Um, I think it's, yeah, Spokane, Washington. Anyway, uh, Kim's got smoke is the name of his business. He built a freaking, Design him a 16 foot, you know, a thousand gallon reverse flow. And he's built that thing years ago. He's built like four or five of them and he swears by it. It's just like when you can go, when you can travel air 16 feet and then it can go up and it can come back 16 feet and like it's even, you got a good design, <laughs> you know, like who, who wouldn't complain about that? And he's running a rest, they run a massive catering business up there. Um, so anyway, yeah, that's, uh, that's definitely the the main difference is the usability and uh, you know. But you know, back back to that, you know, you can't say one's better than the other because your operator could be a total mess up at one method and completely nail mm -hmm. the other one. So it's really learning whatever's in your hands. You know, you can talk yeah. smack all day, super easy to do, and just be like, oh, that sucks because of this. But if that thing showed up at your house, mm -hmm. you know damn well you would figure out how to run it and figure out how to make it run right. So, yeah, yeah, I mean, well, yeah. As a matter of fact, like on the competition pits, like the open offsets. So if, if you look at the jambos, they've got that upper rack far away from the firebox and let a microwave. And so, if you're not if you're not familiar with competition cooking. You can actually like take take a Wagyu brisket, trim it down the right size. That's an expensive brisket, but you trim it down the right size and you set it down on that microwave and it'll literally swell the thickness of that brisket. That's a real good reason to use those offsets like that. You know, that really hot zone. It just like they'll like Darren Worth and those guys, those guys that you hear their name called every contest they're at, like they're, they're called no matter what. Those, those guys run that pit like 450, 500 degrees, stick that brisket on there on that microwave, swell it, 
and then they'll pull it down. They won't put another log on that fire for two hours, two and a half hours. They'll let that whole pit kind of coast and get down. I love that. You know, and yeah, they just got it mastered, man. And and no wonder they're winning all that money, you know. <laughs> they got to work their that's butt back off to learning, money, but that's back to learning whatever's in your hands. So, yeah. you know, if if you're mm-hmm. not cooking something on whatever you got, keep working at it cuz somebody's cooking, mm-hmm. somebody can take care of that task on your equipment. So you should be able to as well, you know. Yeah. Let's see. Richard's got a question here. Man, I love the questions coming in. Richard, how do you weld in hard to get places? I had a hilarious picture from Tom one time. Do you remember the picture where he like took the nozzle loose on the MIG gun and pulled? There's a bunch of wire out and he had the he had the nozzle like aimed at the metal and was pulling the trigger. Jeez, that doesn't sound Tom's like Tom at all. <laughs> I was like, this is like it's like Bluetooth wire <laughs> you know? no i'm just kidding Man, hard anyway, to reach places uh, yeah well, what's some tips that you got for that okay well i try to plan ahead i mean sometimes it's hard to do but uh if you can remember to do so then don't put yourself in a corner don't make it hard to be a hard place to weld um my some of my hardest places to get to i'm a pretty chunky guy i got I don't have small hands and whatnot, so I run into that stuff. But my hardest part is I'm I'm forty uh, I'm forty something, but it's hard to see sometimes when that shit's dark in there. So <laughs> I'll have a light, or I have a light floating around here somewhere. I'll get a light in there. I'll get a mirror. Uh, oftentimes, if it's tight like that, I got to get a draft fan going on. I should have more respirators and whatnot, but I just try to keep fans moving and, and uh, being upwind. But plan ahead, man. You just got to don't don't leave yourself in a spot where you're putting a shitty well down because you can't get to it if you don't have to. So definitely uh, take those extra steps to not put yourself in that. And when I make a double wall yeah. firebox, I try to do as much welding as I can before it's connected to the vessel before I have to go overhead and do whatever I'm doing, just save yourself. You know, you don't have to be a, a whatever to, to just nail it all as it is. If you can pre-plan and, and do as much ahead of time, do it, save yourself. Yeah. You'll just look better. in uh, the, the, end. the other thing is, is don't be afraid to get two gantries where you can flip and rotate. things. <laughs> so, yeah, that's, that's a that's a tip that Tom uses. I know a lot. Um, yeah, you like roll it. We always seven. called it. Yeah, Seth always called the underside where the firebox meets the cook chamber. He always calls that the Devil's Canyon because I guess you can't flip and rotate that on the pipeline because you got to flip the no. whole pipeline, right? And, and so uh, them guys are up there laying in the mud, you know, trying to what that freak? Dude, we're in a shop. Flip the thing upside down. <laughs> yeah, I had a guy tell you know, me one time. He goes. Because oh you ain't you're if you're not welding flat then you know you're not doing this and you're you're not penetrating this and I was just thinking to myself well do they lay all the bridges on their sides as they weld them up throughout the <laughs> country or it's like no yeah. they don't so once again no, saying don't. you know oh this is the only way and this is a shut up there's a different way to do it and it's not your way but it's still an efficient way to get it done. Oh, here's a good one here. 
That's a good question, Richard. Uh, let's see here. We got this one here. So the guys on Facebook, just so you know, there's some kind of a process. I don't even know what you got to do to make your name pop up. So I don't know who you are, but we'll ask it. What's the best way to cut down a smokestack that's too small, too tall, but is already welded on the smoker? So what I like to do is you can actually sleeve that thing with some real thin material if you got a plasma cutter. Like if you take a, a stick of, uh, you can use pretty much anything, but like a piece of, uh, I don't know, like 20 gauge, something like that, 22 gauge, even sheet metal, like really thin material, and you have a uh, drag tip for your plasma cutter. You can literally like put that thing around there, ratchet strap tight. You can use that edge of that material as a guide. And as long as you go slow and you're real careful, you can line that long cylinder sleeve up to where the edge is perfect. It's almost like a pipe wrap at that point, but you can take that drag tip and run all the way around, take your time, you know, and you, what you want to do as you're cutting at some point, the tree's going to try to fall. So take some little thin pieces of material about 16th of an inch or 18 gauge, something like that. And just drive them in there as wedges, even use washers or something, drive them in there just to keep the thing from falling, you know, and then just kind of keep cutting around. And then once you get down to the last little bit there, have something to hold the stack up, assuming it's a 12 inch stack or something, you know, to hold that pipe from falling on you and then get it off of there. Um, also a Metabo or something, um, if you use a cutter disc for that, uh, make sure you have something in there to keep the, the gap from the kerf, which is the material you're removing from pinching the wheel. What do you think, Aaron? Well, there's a, you know, there's, again, there's, you know, different ways to uh, take care of the task. Uh, comes to mind on a, something circular like that would be like multiple hose clamps or one hose clamp. You can put those together, mm -hmm. cinch them up measure off the top so they're nice and even and you can scribe your line and then go to town on the plasma on the grinder sometimes on that stuff if it's like you know leaning tower you need to keep stiff just leave that little chunk in there and get a majority of it cut and then start isolating those little bit get one done hold it get the second one hold it maybe bend it away a little bit and get that final one but grab somebody to help you. Uh, don't think, you know, you know, don't put yourself in a pickle where you get yourself hurt because then you're just going to get further behind. So play safe and uh, just just watch it. I would also not uh, don't trip out too much on getting that cut totally perfect. I mean, if you got to go up a little bit from your, you know, your your new flush cut you want to make and you, you're not great or you're not confident, then just move out of that zone a little bit, make that cut, and then now you have two pieces that you can kind of true up and make nice and clean again to come together and bevel or whatever mm -hmm. you need to do, depending on how thick that is, and, and put that back together. But Yeah, just take yeah, your time. And the truth, measure the, three times if you have to. No one's around. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the, the truth is, is, is that, uh, you know, the truth is, is that uh, – on a smokestack, you know, even if you're using the pit calculator, like at bbqpitcalculator.com or somewhere like that, um, it's it's not like critical to the inch, you know. So you got a little bit of room. If it said 39 inches and you cut it an inch short, it's probably not going to mess your cooker's flow up or anything like that. Um, too bad. I mean, there's other things in the cooker that'll probably make a bigger impact, like wood. 
bad picture, you know, <laughs> like that. Yeah. Uh, that'll make a bigger impact on it than an inch of smokestack, you know. So we used to always say our, it's, it, uh, on my old go kart, we used to do a long straight pipe. And then we'd run that sucker until that blue mark would show up somewhere on the pipe. And then that's where we, we cut it off. And then our pipe was tuned. <laughs> that was tuned. That's awesome. Yeah, that was it. I don't, tuned. Could, I, don't, I, don't I don't know if a smokestack would get blue, though. That would be cool if you could do it that way. Yeah, right? Just show you that perfect <laughs> little. But, you know, even zone. then, like, yeah. I, I'll try to make my smokestacks a little bit greater than the percentages on the calculator. I mean, why not? So what if it's barely cracked, you know, closed, or it needs to stay open? You just you got that room in there. Things are going to change off that uh, um, spreadsheet anyway. The weather, your wood, the wind, whatever. Yeah, you know, um, Tom and I one time uh, on a thousand gallon offset. Now offsets break the rules a little bit, but uh, on an offset, the smokestack length came up like, I don't know, six feet, something like that. And uh, it was a 12-inch stack at six feet, whatever it was. And uh, the guy that we were building the cooker for wanted when the folding smokestack came down, he wanted the end of the smokestack to be exactly in the center of the length of the cook chamber. So it was eight feet, actually nine feet. Anyway, we wound up being 14 feet long on that smokestack, right, at 12 inches. It didn't even matter. <laughs> the cooker ran fine. It was wow. no big deal. But that was a so, thousand gallon cooker and it was an open offset. It was just totally open. There was nothing in it. So man, so I sure. I do a lot of backyard cookers. I'm not I'm not swinging for the restaurants and doing these really crazy long, you know, 16 foot, 1000 gallons, 20 foot, 1000 gallons. I'm doing these smaller cookers. And with that um Excuse me, like the largest, maybe like a 120 gallon, which is 24 by five foot or so. Is that right, Frank? Mm -hmm. I will make my stacks in a larger diameter so they're shorter because if we have a stack here that's just over the six foot block fence, then you're you're violating <laughs> code. So I'll make mine just serious? a little bit bigger so they're just under the fence line Shorten. and there's no fall or nothing. Oh. They're just, they're just chilling. Which is hilarious. But, Cause I was going to, I was going to show this. Oh, guy. there we go. Yeah. <laughs> if you're not, if you're on Instagram, go to YouTube. You can see the pictures I'm posting on the, on the feed. Yeah, so here. that's, that's my reverse flow made off of uh, your plans. Frank's yeah. plans. Is it really? The smokestack's yeah, sure. not up to what the plan said though. I'm <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> it's probably the that, right volume. It's so, shorter though, isn't it? So this, I don't, I, I think I put it, uh, I don't remember now. It's been too long. Oh, wait, well, I bet it's the right way because, because mine shows at the top on the plans. It shows it at the top, but you bumped it down with that collector. Oh, okay. Yeah, I, I got think. you. Yeah, yeah. So it probably is uh, right there. that. But tell me about that collector box there. So that collector that you... there is actually just uh, it's not as deep. So after the cylinder meets that collector, uh, the floor of the collector doesn't it's not open all the way to the floor of that fire box. It's only okay. down maybe three inches or so. 
And it, okay. I just didn't, whatever reason, you know, as you start cooking these things, uh, like Frank said, you know, sometimes you get the plans, and you're like, oh, it's right to the plans. And other times you're like, no, no, that's, that's kind of within proportion. It'll be fine. You know, it'll, it'll run how it runs and <laughs> it's going to work. This is the same thing. It's like with reverse flow, it has all that time to travel and make its way back and then get to that collector and maybe that it's going to flow. So whether or not you got that sucker all the way cranked on the exit, or maybe you're playing with the intake, it will work and flow. And uh, this particular smoker went to uh, my buddy Ryan and Ryan cooks every day on those Camelback smokers at Little Miss Barbecue. So of oh, all no the people kidding. I know, all, all the people I know on this planet, Ryan is cooking the most briskets, the most constantly and on the daily. So I was so happy when Ryan bought my smoker because he was going to tell me if that thing sucked, if it needed this or <laughs> what was going on. And uh, Scott Holmes makes all the smokers, the Camelback smokers that Ryan cooks on every day. So those things are gold. So I was just ready. I'm like, man, I hope my report card comes back good. You know, if anything's whack, then I'm prepared to change it and fix it. But report card. <laughs> Ryan had great things to share. I was so happy. And he says it's running pretty efficient. And uh, he just wishes he had some more time to cook on it. So I was, I was awesome. stoked. I'm like, all right. Uh, Frank's proven again and, and uh, definitely with somebody that has some what? time under their belt. Yeah. Hey, so thank hey, you, just, Frank. J- you bet, buddy. Cheers. Yeah. Hey, just so cheers, you know, buddy. your girl. Yeah, cheers, buddy. Just so you know, your girl is watching on Instagram. Oh, uh, she's always watching. She's my biggest fan. Oh, you better keep it straight, dude. <laughs> I just started dating her in like 99, so we're still working things out. I know, right? <laughs> I got you beat by what? Three years. Three what? years? Three ninety six. Well, well we started dating in ninety four. So oh, longer man. than that, we got married in ninety six. But we married ninety six. That's when I graduated high school, Frank. <laughs> I'm an old fart. I'm a dinosaur. It's true. Anyway, <laughs> true. yeah, I know, right? So, uh, so yeah, here I want to show one more time, guys. And just in case you don't know, this is fun. I like to push these buttons. Now there's a ticker going across the bottom of the screen on YouTube that says, get yourself on over to sbmfg.net slash giveaway. Lisa just put that up on the screen on Facebook and Instagram. Um, basically, what's happening is I'm giving away $4,000 worth of welding stuff. Hold on. Wait for it. I'm going to get it. See, look right there. There's a welder on that table. I'm not going to pick it up. The welder's heavy. Anyway, I'm giving it away along with a whole bunch of other gear that uh, I'm stupid enough to give away. Let's see here. <laughs> I want to try yeah. out that multi-use welder. I buy stuff. I buy stuff and I give it away. I don't know. How do you get that thing off the screen there, girl? There we go. I got it. I think. Boom. There it goes. My wife is behind the scenes. She's actually that way about four miles at home running this, running the feed. I appreciate her help tonight. And I'll shut this thing here off too because it's obnoxious. It's all getting out. Um, anyway, I just want to give away a lot of stuff. It's fun. 
It's welders. If you're on the fence about what welder you should buy, why would you buy a welder? All that stuff. You don't need to think you'll use it that much. This little blue demon welder we're giving away is the, is the ticket. I like it a lot. I use it in here. As a matter of fact, Bob, a.k.a. Ram, Nation, Ram underscore Nation 58 on Instagram, signed my welding table, this one over here, with uh, the TIG torch. And it did a good job. I was impressed. It's a lift start TIG. It's not a uh, scratch start TIG. Or it's not I, a helium. I want to I get a, uh, a review from Bob. I want Bob to tear my shit apart and be like, oh, your weld will. sucks here, your weld sucks here, <laughs> and then help me fix it. You know, you know what I like so much about personal welding instruction with Bob is uh, basically he gets up and he's freaking honest, but he's cool about it. You know, he doesn't like yell at you. He doesn't make you feel stupid. He, he, uh, he actually tells you what you're doing and it's like, that's a great start, but here's what you could do to make it better, you know? And uh, the thing is, is that number one, you're pulling the trigger and you're welding. Congratulations. That's a big start. Most people never do that. Like the greatest majority of the world does not do that. You made it this far. So now all you got to do is learn how to like what to lean on, what not to lean on. Don't anchor your shoulders, whatever, or your elbows, you know, just get your phone. I'm going to I wanted to have a challenge tonight. I wanted to see how many times we could say feng shui tonight. And I was going to say, don't get your feng shui all messed up. Right. <laughs> and I forgot. Okay. To say you didn't remember, tell you me what, that. I know. I forgot. It, it just slipped my mind. But do you remember Super Troopers, the movie? Of course. Do you remember? Of course. Who doesn't know that movie? Okay. So he they bet each other how many times they could say meow. <laughs> anyway, that was my bet tonight. How many times could we say feng shui in this you video? Got, we got, got 20 minutes about. left on the clock. That's not when you bring this shit up. You bring this shit up like 20 minutes in. <laughs> I know, right? We could have said feng shui a lot by now. Because my I don't have any feng shui. Look, I got a well, I got a blue demon guy back there. He's cool. That's it. You got two mud flaps Rolling on your truck. I got two mud flaps right here beside me. Blue ones. The curtains there. The art curtains. <laughs> you got a robot behind you, dog. Yeah. Let me see. Here. You got to lean the other way. Go the other way. There yeah. he is. Look at the robot. Yeah. Camera smoker. This, I'm actually working on this cooker right here, and um, this is uh, my buddy Jim's, and he. Uh, well, he got up and took off to Montana. He's just short of Canada, and he left me this uh, well um, smoker. So I'm going to finish the, this thing up. It also came with a set of your plans. So I got a set of your plans in here. Uh-oh. In the firebox? No lie. My smoker builder plans from Frank. Oh, look at you go. So, what? So... <laughs> All I'm going to do is get back to it, find my packet, and Frank has all these instructions on here to do whatever the oh, hell snap. to do and reference. So when Jim Complete dropped this off at me, I wasn't totally like, I'm not touching that. I don't know what it is. I don't know what the hell you were thinking. No, everything's right here. So back to That's like cool. putting my own spin on it. I have all the nuts and bolts. I already know this thing's going to function. 
Now I just have to make it cool and make it my own. So yeah. thank you, Frank. Again, <laughs> you bet, buddy. It makes things real yeah, easy. You just don't even have to think about it. Well, that's cool. You know, and the thing is, is that like, so I don't know. We got another question here. Hang on. I'm going to, oh no, we already got that one. Okay. So I don't know how many business owners are on the call. And I told myself I was going to drink beer tonight. I got almost a little bit left until I get the next one. I was going to drink a little beer tonight. And I wasn't going to go all business on you, but I'll say this one thing, right? The thing that I figured out is, is that you would never buy the thing that you can make that would help everybody else. You would never pay for that. I would never buy a set of plans. I have never built a cooker using a set of plans. I've built thousands of pits. I've helped thousands of people build pits and I've never used a set of plans. So if in fact you think Why would you, that say you have that? the thing, well, no, listen to me. This is important. If in fact you think you're sitting on the next paperclip, right? Okay. The invention of the paperclip or the wheel for that matter. Okay. And you the just can't justify tab? that you, the aluminum tab, you think for a minute that you wouldn't pay good money to buy an aluminum tab because the thing that you're already using, okay, who would value that? You're wrong. Because like they all laughed at me in 2010 when I said, I'm going to sell smoker plans on the internet. They all laughed at me. And look at us now. <laughs> a dude in China built the first freaking thousand gallon pit from scratch in China for a restaurant and he's feeding his community with it. Dude, that blows my mind, man. Yeah. If I would have said yeah. no 11 years ago to the paperclip, look where we would be. You know what I mean? Yeah. So don't ever let that get in your head and fight you about the thing that it is that you do better than anyone else. The one thing that you have figured out that you can do to help humanity. Don't let that get in your head, dude. You owe it to humanity to let that thing loose. The wheel? Come on. Yeah, you know. If you somebody know, as, wouldn't have uh, made a freaking wheel, where would we be? <laughs> well, the, real, the reality is that, you know, uh, the guys that are on here that are builders, that have basic skill yeah. sets, that are welders, you know, you didn't just wake up. That and would like, never buy a pit. They you, would never buy a pit. Showed, Somebody showed you, somebody taught you, you know, even if you went to the internet, you were looking at somebody else's, uh, you know, process. So as a, as a builder and over time, as you get confidence within your skill set, I believe that it's up to you to share that and to Absolutely. help your fellow man, your fellow American learn more, be better generate more uh, more of a quality product than than something that's not so great not so efficient if you have the skill set then i think it's up to you to share that and not everyone's going to be Absolutely. receptive to that information and those guys you pass up but the next somebody in that line is going to be so happy that you're sharing that and you could spark <laughs> off a whole nother vein that you had no idea that you're like you're like you know i've met people they like, oh, I talked to your dad or, oh, when I met this builder, he inspired me. And then I just started doing this. And and that's how that stuff works. I mean, it just does. Growing up, I remember walking through a, 
we had a show here in Phoenix called Boys and Their Toys, right? So they had all kinds <laughs> of weird stuff there. But what they had there was uh, this group from Arizona, and they had barrel smokers. And my dad and I were fabricators. Uh, like I said, he used to grill chicken and made his grill, but we didn't mess with the barrel. We had, What's that? So we walked by this booth, and and it just stopped us. And we were there for 20 minutes, and the guy was telling us all about the barrel. We didn't buy one, mm-hmm. but he knew that we were <laughs> makers, and he knew that he wanted to show us how this stupid thing was working and how simple it was. And we were just dumbfounded, like, how is this plain Jane stupid 16-gauge barrel burning for 20 hours or whatever off this basket <laughs> at even temps? Like, no way. And it starts, it starts clicking in your mind, and you're like, Oh, okay. Well, this is obviously functioning, you know. Okay, what's what's it about? How? What's inside? What are the values, you know? And you just want to know. Well, we wanted to know more about it. And that guy showed us. And we always love to share, love to just, you know, hey, here's what I know, take it or leave it. And oftentimes, you know, if you have a process that you're like really holding tight, like, oh, I'm not going to tell anybody what I'm doing. This is just my thing. If I were to print that out and someone was able to read it line for line and try to carry out that task, they're not going to be you. They're not going to do the steps mm-hmm. that you did. Even though they're doing the steps that you did, they're still singing their own song and it's going to sound different than yours. So mm-hmm. back to, you know, not having this, oh, this is the only way, this is the best thing. Just be open about it. Share. Hear what people have to say to you because that's going to make you a better builder as you go down the road if you're open to listening to things. And you may listen to a guy for 15 minutes and be like, this guy totally sucks, but he's still going (laughs) to tell you all about his his stuff and you're going to learn more as you go. Oh, man, you can win stuff right now? You can win stuff right now, dude. 30 days. No, 28 days. That's the beers talking. I can't um, win this thing, right? I'm out of it. <laughs> yeah, you can. Dude, I can. Listen, it is. Okay, let me tell you the truth here. Okay. So I felt crazy and I wanted to see how far I could push things. And I'm always wanting, I never, I'm never the guy that's going to go dabble and be like, hey, let's give away a hat. Let's let's give away uh, no 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 give away four thousand dollars worth of stuff right hats freaking welders why not right so what happened was when the blue demon MSTI two hundred A came out I was in the midst of making this welding studio because I wanted to share what I knew with the world and I happened to be with Bob and Bob is just like a caged rat in his, you know, he wants to get out and he wants to help everybody. Everybody loves Bob. Bob wants to get out and help people learn how to weld. He's been doing it in a college since who knows when, 1986. And he's just like, I want to travel and teach people how to weld and be Bob, you know, and I want to help him do that. Right. And so we made this welding studio together here and we're doing weekend classes and stuff. And I'm just like, let's give away some classes Blue Demon came out. They had the welder. They had the game changer. They had all this stuff. Brian's an awesome guy. I freaking never met anybody like him. He's not a new company. He's been around for 40 years. 
Wow. has been around for four years. I had no freaking idea, man. You never heard their name because they private label everything they make. They, his dad's been doing it since like 40 years. So uh, Brian came out with that welder. I was like, dude, this is perfect for the DIY crowd. I just got to get this in some people's hands because like there's so many people that are out there that can't make up their mind what welder to use, what's a good machine, how can it started. I don't know if I want a MIG machine, a TIG machine, a stick machine. don't know if I want to wear a flux core. I don't know what I want to do. Best of both worlds. And I was like, okay, Brian, I tell you what, I'm going to buy one for me and I'm going to buy one to give away. So I, I bought two machines back when they first came out. And that thing's been sitting on the shelf back here for since what? October, I think, if Lisa could get in here and tell me. And uh, I've been trying to justify I've been trying to get this giveaway thing going. Yeah, see, Trailer Trash Projects, he says he's never heard of Blue Demon, right? They've I, been around for 40 years, man. It's I haven't. Crazy. I haven't either, man. Yeah. I just haven't. But that doesn't mean anything. I mean, if they're... If they're rocking and yeah. rolling, let's well, uh, let's let's do it. So, so my laptop, full disclosure, check it out because I don't have no fancy studio equipment. My well, my book, my thing is being held up by this McMaster car catalog. Okay, this will freaking blow. You know what McMaster car is? So let me get it right. McMaster car episode number one thirteen. They do a catalog every year. It's as thick as my face. Okay. This catalog. Now, this is crazy. It's everything you ever needed. If you need a I, nut, I buy a plastic plugs off hardware. of there, oil infused <laughs> washers off of there, latches off of there. They right. got a lot it's of the good cool stuff. stuff. So, the crazy thing is about McMaster Car is Blue Demon was the third brand that McMaster Car sold. So, McMaster Car went to Blue Demon Brian's dad. And it's welding material sales online. And I, Brian told me this story. I hope I'm okay to tell it. But uh, Brian, Brian's dad was approached by McMaster Car and said, hey, we need to sell a third brand of welding wire. And uh, we don't want it to be a brand X. We want it to be a legit brand. And uh, what are you going to call it? Well, Brian's in Chicago and their local sports team is the Blue Demons. And back in like 1990-something, he said, let's call it Blue Demons, <laughs> Blue Demon. And so since the 90s, he's been selling Blue Demon wire through McMaster Car. And yeah, so just like uh, right here, uh, Western Blood. Yeah, McMaster Car is like the Bible, man. When it comes to like parts and things or anything you need for any hardware, any craft or whatever it is. Uh, they got everything, and so they're they're a big monster that only fabricators really know about, or factories and things like they're, that. They're they're up so there with like demons. a Granger supplier. Yeah, yeah, they're like the the Granger is the one that's out in front of everybody, and then McMaster Car's like the big eight hundred pound gorilla that's standing back laughing. Right the the best right? part of Master that's Car is is the cool plastic uh labeled bag the yellow labeled bag that your shit comes yeah. in so you open up your box and you're so, all take out the ziploc and it's like this is yeah, quality right. shit coming out of this bag i you know it yeah so anyway that's where blue demon got its start and so years and years years go by now brian is blue demon they had five facilities that were massive 
They just collect, consolidated everything at Chicago into an 80,000 square foot building. It's insane. Wow. And uh, anyway, so now they're ready to like kill it. So weld porn, you know, that's another one of their brands. Um, everybody's heard of weld porn. It's part of that. So this is a legit machine. Like this, this little water here is not like just some Chinese made, you know, freaking no name, whatever. It's a good welder. It's an inverter machine, you know. So we're giving that machine away. Um, I don't know that I can ship the welder outside of the U.S., Canada, and uh, Caribbean. But anyway, we're still going to give it away. Everything else qualifies in the giveaway worldwide. And uh, I want to give 4000 bucks worth of welding away to just three lucky souls that decided that they want to try to build a smoker. That's what I want to do. Awesome. So uh, we've been doing this thing since October. And now it's a reality. We've been trying really, really hard. And my buddy Jacob Wonder, he's down in the, he's not showing up. He's been in the chat a little bit. Big shout out to him because he made this all really come together really quick. And well, good uh, job on all that, man. We, that. we need some more. Yeah. Uh, we need some more of that. Yeah. So, uh, Anyway, that's what we're doing, and that's why I'm giving away welder because I'm crazy, and that's why you need to go right now to sbmfg.net slash giveaway. The link is in my boy's uh, profile at uh, Joe underscore Smoker Builder on Instagram if you need it, and uh, he may put it up here in a minute. Who knows? He's watching. So, What's up, uh, Joe? Thanks what do you for think? all your hard work helping out your pops, <laughs> man. It's cool to see you Dude, in the it's fold been now. Yeah, Lisa just put it up on the screen on Facebook, I believe. I don't know if it's showing up on YouTube. But uh, anyway, guys, we, we just – my whole family's in on this deal. We freaking put our heart and soul into this thing. You get one free entry for free. Um, whenever you click on the button, you'll be taken to another page. You're given an opportunity to buy a set of gloves, no catches. It's just a regular – no different if you bought them from any other website – uh, game changer gloves you'll get 20 extra entries and there's some stuff like that in there so uh we really want to help everybody out and see what happens here aaron and i have had a freaking lot of fun in this barbecue pit building thing and uh let's see when was the first time we actually met you came to the house because your truck broke down on your way to yeah indiana. i was on my I was on my way to indiana and i had a drive shaft go out which my truck was just old enough to not carry it in stock anymore. So I had to get one made by a, I went to the Ford dealer thinking I was going to get in there and get on the road again, but that turned into a custom drive shaft in three days down in St. Louis. So I'm like, I'm hungry. I'll and call Frank. He's probably cooking something. <laughs> then, uh, do you, do you remember yeah. the most important thing you learned while you were at my house? Hmm. To See tuck my pants and my socks so I don't get any uh, Lyme disease out in the woods. That's pretty That's good. part of it. That wasn't the whole thing, but that was part of it. Uh, I, was working the, me, dude. I was working I the log splitter video. pretty heavy, and, and I was bending over, and it was vertical. And you just let me do that, and then I got, I got pretty tired. You're like, you know, there's a pivot on here. I can turn it horizontally. You can just stand up. But shit, we were like 25 <laughs> minutes in at that point. So I was just dripping with humidity. And I was like, all right, let's turn it on its side. <laughs> That's Every, what I kind of Everything was green. Everything was humid. There was ticks. Yes. We were in the woods. You cut your first tree down. 
at my house. Well, that's not entirely true, but I cut my first oh, tree not? in Missouri now. <laughs> oh, gotcha. Okay. Well, that's still a big deal. <laughs> it was no yeah, that you, that day you had uh, Mike was with you, Forrester, and uh, yeah, Mike Forrester. works for the Forest Service, of course, Forrester. Yeah, and uh, I mean, he's like everything you read about trees. That's Mike. Mike will just tell you, oh, this is this oh, tree. Dude. Oh, this tree has this disease, or this tree is in this condition because of this. So Mike was walking us through your property. And we were selecting smaller trees that were, it was time for them to come down. But he was showing us how to, to cut the tree so it would act like a hinge and not jump off the stump. And I mean, it was just it was awesome, endless. And I was like, I just couldn't believe it. And I was like, oh man, this Dude, is great. It was like, you, it was the best. You know, I don't, like, you know, we got cactus. We got cactus he, and mesquite he here. Like, we don't have these awesome oak trees that like slowly descend <laughs> and make you know do all this cool shit with. So I was really enjoying yeah. that. But he was so, an awesome so guy. Forrester, his actual name is Fleshour, but he's the he works for the state. He's the head forester for this area that we're in for the conservation department. And uh, you know, he's he grew up in Indiana, you know, he's the he's a freaking forestry nut. And the thing about him is like when the fire, when the big fires are going on, that's like what he lives for. And so he goes out and he goes out. He's right in the middle of those big old nasty forest fires. You know, that's when they feel like they're, they're, they're like fulfilling their purpose, them guys, you know. And so you'll see these uh, guys out there that haven't had a bath in like a month that are out there in the middle of the ash and they're all black and dirty and hot and sweaty. And they got all that he's fire in, clothes on. He's you in know. the firebox. He's in it. He's in it. You know, you got this old nasty old shitty tree that's all rotted out from the bottom to the top, you know, and, and he calls it barber chair. That was hilarious because I had him cut a tree down for me here at the house. That was barber that I thought was going to barber chair. But like he'll tell you exactly where that tree's gonna fall, and I mean to the millimeter. He'll put that tree. He'll drive a nail with it, and it's just really and cool to watch that all come together. That that is so impressive to be standing just in an average, you know. Oh, I'm just out in the not deep forest, but you're just out amongst the trees, and then he'll just sit there and start turning around and telling you what's in front of you, and you're all like, what? Okay, you know, and as soon as he points <laughs> it out, you're like, "Oh, I see that. Oh, I see that." Yeah. Okay, you know, and um, I'm, you know, you're constantly trying to learn, and and here is a tree guy telling you the health of the trees, the state of the trees, and the condition that the wood is in. So, all of that resorted back to clerk, you know, burning this fire, getting that smoke, making that barbecue. <laughs> And, you know, Mike deals with the, the fires and the, the health of the forest as things progress. But again, that it's, a, it's still a fire, bringing it back to the efficiency of it and, and what you're doing and and the pride and what's what's happening in that cooker, what you're trying to get done. Not to fanboy out yeah. on that stuff, but I mean, if you're going to do shit, well, you might as well do it, do it as it is, you know. So, so on the podcast, the Pitmaster Secrets podcast on iTunes or some of these old YouTube videos here, you can find them on my channel. Um, true story. Uh, I actually uh, have been burning ash 
for like years thinking it was hickory because mocker nut hickory and ash look identical to me. Um, I am what? colorblind, right? So, I mean, they look freaking exactly the same. And anyway, the only difference is the thickness of the bark to me. So anyway, I was I was unloading a bunch of wood there to shop. Matter of fact, we were we literally had in the meat missile we had the best uh, so, smoke sausage summer sausage ever, right? It was the best. I mean, we never it still to this day like songs are played in heaven when we talk about this sausage, right? And and uh, then we talk about the rest of the sausage. <laughs> Because, like, we made a bunch of sausage. We make 100 pounds of the whack for summer sausage, you know. And we've, we had, like, three other really good 100 pounds, 300 pounds of sausage after that one. And uh, what the on batch number, like, 400 pounds, like the fourth time we did 100 pounds, we're sitting there in front of the shop at the meat missile. I'm unloading wood out of my truck, and he says, you're burning ash. And I was like, it's not ash. I cut that down myself. That's hickory. He's like, I'm a forester and that's ash. Yeah. <laughs> I yeah. felt like that tall, man. I was like, you're right. I'm not going to argue with you. I'm an idiot. No. I'm sorry. I, so you don't I, my argue report with card Mike. came back with an F. <laughs> <laughs> so I just like, hey. I was like, he said, no, that piece is hickory, but all the you, rest of you it gotta, is ash. You got to eat some shit sandwiches to get to the good stuff now and then. Oh my gosh, dude. It was hilarious. So I did a podcast about it, you know, how to tell the difference. I had to own up to it. There's a a lot master seekers podcast. There's a lot to it, man. I mean, you know, it's, uh, you can go, go to the big box store and plug in your, your pellet and just set it and forget it and then come back and it is what it is. Or you can dive all in and burn the wrong wood and, Burn a wrong fire and throw away some meat and figure it all out till it one day it just oh, happens dude, and I'm, then it, it's just something about I'm, that uh, that perfect cook and your family is sitting there eating it and they're yeah. staring at you like okay you did it this time this time you actually did it and it's like yes that's yeah. what we're trying to achieve right here every time you know There's, <laughs> it's very rewarding to, to get to that you know. Even if you only hit that once in a while, just to really have that, it's it's awesome. Yeah, it is. Oh my gosh, Aaron, we went over two hours. Can you? All right, all it? right. <laughs> Guys, I'm super. I super appreciate everybody that joined in and watched this thing here. Man, we got a lot of comments. I'm super excited about that. Make sure there's no questions left up in here. Um, yeah, no questions. I see. So, guys, uh, one more time, if you don't mind, get on over there to uh, – there's a link in the description wherever you're at. Um, all the way up until March 9th, or March 18th of 2022, you have an opportunity to enter this giveaway we're doing. It's $4,000 worth of welding stuff that uh, I've scrapped and saved and beat my head against the wall trying to come up with. I'm going to give every freaking bit of it away to, to three lucky winners – And uh, my whole intention here is to spark the little bitty fire in somebody that wants to start building cookers. I'm going to teach people how to weld so that they can build a smoker. That's what I want to do. And uh, join our community and have fun. It's worth it to me to do it just for you. So get on over there and enter this contest. It is not a scam. I am actually giving away 
all of it. All you got to do is enter the contest. I don't even care where you live. Get on in there. Get her done. Barbecue. If there, what did Anthony Bourdain say, Aaron? He said, "Like barbecue may not be the path to peace, but it's a great start. It's what'll bring us together." Yeah, it's what'll bring us together. Barbecue is relationships, and I love it, and I have fun. I'm grateful to have been doing this for 11 years. So, anyway, dude, thanks for joining me on this podcast. (laughs) I try. I'm trying. My goal is one billion people. I want to meet at least a seventh of the planet before I die. That's what I want to do. I want to help at least 10% of them in some way. So anyway, that's a lot. So guys, I appreciate you, Aaron. Thanks for joining me here on this podcast. And uh, I'm going to let it go for two hours, unedited, leave it live. Here we go. (laughs) All right, brother. Steve, man, have a great night. All right. Have a good one, Frank. Appreciate it. See you guys. Thanks a lot. Happy building. See you, buddy.